Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's <laughs> gonna pop eight, then you're gonna pop her out, man. So we're going, we moved into the balls D portion of the There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. Like, like Mex- Mexican food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> You're listening to Leaving a Legacy, episode number 33. Uh, I am Adrian, I'm Math and Trickster, and with me is uh, the top 12th percentile of SCG Worcester. <laughs> it sounds so much more impressive that way. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing, Jerry? I'm doing good, Adrian. How you doing? I'm doing all right. I, yeah. I, I got to thank you for letting me use your Tarmogoyfs, too. Oh, yeah. Tarmogoyfs are fun. Dude, I forgot how much fun Shardless Bug was to play. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Fucking deck is awesome. There were quite a few of them in the room. It seemed like it was a pretty nice deck to be on uh, that weekend. Yeah, there's some people that have been playing it for a while now that either either don't want to go over to Bug Delver or just enjoy the hell out of playing Shardless Age, and I really don't blame them. Yeah. Well, for those at home who apparently have been living under the Legacy Rock, uh, we, of course, are referring to SCG Worcester, which... By the time this episode comes back, we'll be a week in the past. Yeah, and maybe then some. <laughs> and maybe then some. Ideally, a week in the past. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh-huh. so how was uh, how was your SCG Worcester experience? It was good. It was good. I mean, I was uh, one point away from moneying, so that was disappointing. Uh, top sixty four moneyed, and I came in seventieth place. Mm-hmm. Um. But it was it was good. I mean, it was pretty much the first time I ever played the deck. Basically, audibled into it. I ran it once at that Z, uh, like a F and M style, like uh, five round tournament. Did okay there. And for having zero practice with the deck for the most part, I thought I did all right. I would say so. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Considering, uh, yeah, um, yeah, you don't normally do you don't normally do sneak and show. Nope, not ever. <laughs> but I definitely felt it was the right deck in the weekend. Um, <clears throat> my overall record was uh, nine and six, or yeah, what is it? Oh no, it's uh, yeah, nine and six. I went uh, six and three day one, and then three and three day two. And I definitely think the I could have easily gone five and one day two, but I was tired and I I punted badly. But day one, I, I felt I played really well. Um, all three of my losses came at the hands of decks that I just have very, very little chance of winning against. Basically, Caracas uh, Containment Priest decks. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of already went into it. I, I put up a little tournament report on the Facebook page in more detail. But we can go over the broad strokes in full, high-definition audio. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, day two was fun. Got to play against, uh, Ross Miriam. He, he beat me and I hunted badly, but it's always a good experience. Hmm. Um, it's, uh, unfortunate. I was just, uh, noticing <laughs> the SCG page goes from like, 31st place to 99th. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow J.D. Near gets his Miracles list on, listed at 99th, and 
I don't exactly understand why, but um, I'm guessing they probably did deck techs. So they'll do a deck tech day one of a deck that they think is interesting. And then if they don't end up placing, they just list them further down at whatever place they fell under. Oh, man. It's just, yeah. uh, so I, I put Shardless Bug together, trying to remember how the hell I put it together previously anyway, because I haven't played the deck in a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at somebody else's Shardless Bug list, and I actually didn't jam a creeping tar pit in there. I'm so out of practice with that deck. <laughs> like, that's a, actually... Uh, that's a debatable spot. Ah, uh, uh, it's, it's worth it. It's yeah, it, it's the, it's the Jace Killer. It's, you know, one of your strongest, uh, weapons against Miracles decks because they, it's very difficult for them to kill with a Terminus. If they wipe the board, they usually have to choose between your board or your, uh, Creeping Tar Pit. Mm-hmm. So it's almost never a value hit. It's usually always a one for one. And it's just very difficult for them to deal with, and uh, it just kills Jace's on the spot. So it forces them to tick Jace up rather than brainstorming, which yeah. is pr- pretty good value. No, it's um, it's a good card. I used to play it when I played Shardless Bug. I just haven't played Shardless Bug in about a year. <laughs> so uh, I was just, uh, I couldn't find the list. Um, I, like, I, 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 I love the deck so much when I swapped over to Tin Fins. I know I kept the list together. I just couldn't find the file, so... Screw it. I just I put it together. It was fun. I forgot how much fun that deck was to play. I ended up with a... Um, I, I really got to know the head judge intimately. Oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. I had, I had uh, judge Remember, calls. there are children listening, Adrian. Well, all right, not quite that <laughs> intimately. But uh, I felt bad because every time he came over, I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> I've been bothering this guy all day. I'm going to get a DQ in a minute. Yeah. How many warnings did you rack up? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, I, I think I had a warning for failure to maintain game state, uh, looking at extra cards. I don't even know. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. It's a deck I'm, It's a deck that I'm just out of practice with. Yeah, I mean, it to be fair, Sylvan Library is just a judge headache card. Like, um, well, it wasn't the Sylvan Library. It was just that I put the wrong fucking card at the bottom when he clicked me. Like I, yeah, I, so, I, so. I, I was half paying attention to what was in my hand and more paying attention to what was on the board. Mm-hmm. And then so so what what happened? They uh, so he, you. oh yeah like he, so my opponent was playing miracles. Really cool guy. I mean it was actually uh, one of the more enjoyable miracles opponents I've played against in a long time. Um, but he he uh, he had Jace down. I had uh, I think a Deathrite Shaman and a Tarmogoyf and a Cash Shardless Agent. Uh, it, what happened? I went to attack. I think I went to attack with a Shardless Agent and he flashed in a click. And I had land, 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 Sylvan Library. So he buried the Sylvan Library. And um, instead of drawing a card, I decided to dredge life from the loam. And so Tarmogoyf, Liliana, Tarmogoyf go into the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, attacked and then went to cast Sylvan Library. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, that looks shady. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad he noticed because I didn't even notice. He's like, wait, why is that in your hand? And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, so one of them in my deck, and then I'm trying to figure out, well, what the hell did I bought him? Like, and I, I bought him to land, and, uh, <laughs> so the judges were trying to like, well, you know, the, the judge that came over was like, well, we just, we gotta keep it where it is, unless you, um, and he looked at my opponent, he's like, unless you'd like to appeal, he's like, yeah, I'd like to appeal. So the head judge came over, and, um, you know, the guy was like really cool, I, I just fucked up, and, uh, yeah. But the guy was really cool, the head judge came over, he's like, alright, we're gonna put these three back on top of the library, we'll shuffle the library, Put the land back in your hand, because uh, it was a land at the bottom. 
bury the Sylvan Library and then decide what you want to do. So I still dredge life from the Loma. And I'm glad my opponent called the judge because I would have felt like a fucking ass with a Sylvan Library on the board for the rest of that game. <laughs> that would have bothered me. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, and I told him after the match, I'm like, I'm really glad you called the head judge over and appealed that because I would have, I would not want to, I wouldn't have wanted a Sylvan Library on the field like that. You know, I just, I, I fucked up and made a, uh, bonehead fucking <laughs> to sit play or some shit. Yeah. But there was that, then there was, um, another Miracles player. I cascaded, um, and like, saw life from the loam and di- it didn't even dawn on me and like flipped the next card and I'm like, alright, him to Turek. And he's like, aren't you supposed to cast Life from the Loam? I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so, like, the judge, head judge comes back over again. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw the him to Turex, so it was looking at extra cards. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> oh, man. It and was, then there was there was one other instance, right? Uh, What the hell was the other one? I think, was it against Sneak and Show? I don't even know. Yeah, I think there was another one where a judge got called, but it wasn't the head judge. Um. Oh, maybe that wasn't even the head judge. How the hell did... Yeah, the head judge came over twice. I don't even... Like, I guess I had so many calls, I can't even remember him anymore. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was awkward, but, like... The, well, I, uh, I did. I got one call against me in match one of game one of the entire tournament, where my opponent remembered his bob trigger, but then just forgot to take his draw step. <laughs> oh... Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't even notice, and I got a warning on it because apparently it is my responsibility to remind my opponent to draw cards. Failure <laughs> so to maintain game state—is that what that was? I guess so. <laughs> but I'm like, sure, whatever. I'll take a warning for my opponent messing up. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, probably the best judge call I saw all weekend was an elf's player versus a miracles player. The elf's player was actually a that's e regular, so he will remain nameless. Um, the Miracles player Terminus and the Elves player proceeded to scoop up all his creatures and then scoop up all his lands and put them on the bottom of his library. Oh. <laughs> Just without thinking, apparently Terminus is the greatest upheaval of all time. <laughs> Everything's a Dryad Arbor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, you just reminded me of the other judge call. The thir- um, So the third judge call, the drawing extra cards, did not involve the head judge. The second one... Uh, did the second one was um, I was playing against elves, and you know I had like so I put this shardless bug to get deck together, and I just hedged the deck against bug delver and miracles and mm-hmm. elves, and like elves wasn't hedged in the main deck it was in the sideboard, but like miracles and bug delver I, th- I felt pretty confident in the main deck. Yeah, sneak and show was going to be weak because I specifically went in with no answer to a blood moon. Like I just the greediest mana base I could imagine. <laughs> like it was it was so greedy. And um I didn't play a single basic. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but that's alright. So that's um what you do with that deck though. Well I just yeah, I decided that I would just drop the sneak and show matchup just to crush miracles and, and uh and bug over. Yeah, I mean there wasn't that much sneak and show in the room. I it was no. me Alan, uh good guy from that sea as well. He was on it. And I saw like maybe one other sneak and show deck in the entire room. No, there was a lot of and I actually I didn't see a lot of burn either, so but mm-hmm. the um I ended up playing against elves. I had so much stuff in the sideboard and so I had so much stuff in the sideboard for elves. I ended up playing against elves. And my sideboard, I had fucking, like, packed against elves. I had two Graft Diggers Cage, an Engineered Plague, two copies of, um, what's the, Dark Blast with Dredge 3? 
Oh, yeah, the repeat ult. Yeah, elves like, just cannot beat that card. I, I just, I had so much removal for the elf deck that uh, I was quite okay with it. Yeah. So, the guy had, um, uh, he, I ended up, I think game one, um, I don't remember who won. I think, I, who doesn't really matter. We went to three anyway. Uh, game two is when I started siding in a bunch of stuff, and, um, I forget what I even took out, but again, I'm sure it was irrelevant. And, uh, but I cited in a bunch of cards. I ended up landing a Grafdigger's Cage and an Engineered Plague. That's, uh, that's pretty hard for elves to beat. <laughs> and he cast a Reclamation Sage. Okay. And attempted to get rid of the Engineered Plague. So, we called the judge over because I was under the impression that Engineered Plague would take effect as a state-based action. Yep. And that, and, and actually, this might have been a good question for CJ, um, even though it's already been answered, unless it's wrong. But um, <laughs> I, So I figured Engineered Plague would kill the Reclamation Sage as a state-based action before he would get the chance to put the trigger on the stack. Not so. No, not so. Um, yeah, because it, it enters the battlefield. Right, but it's a triggered ability? It's a 186 ability. What do you when mean it a 186 comes- ability? So Flame Tongue Kavu is the one that generated. So one eight six is a is a uh, Beastie Boys and Sublime reference to songs because one eight six is the police code for murder. No, it isn't. Well, it's talk to Sublime and Beastie Boys. I think you got it wrong. One eight seven is. Uh, okay, maybe. But anyway. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right. It is one eight seven. Uh, anyways, uh, 187 is the phrase for, uh, uh, enters the battlefield abilities because Flame Tongue Kavu started it. Because when Flame Tongue Kavu was printed, uh, you know, Sublime was getting real big. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's in reference to any creature that when it enters the battlefield, it's, was first Flame Tongue Kavu comes to play deals four damage to a creature. So it usually just kills a creature. But it's kind of fallen on to any enters the battlefield effect. And those take place at whenever the creature comes into play, even if it dies instantly. So with the Reclamation Sage, it comes into play, ability goes on the stack, and then it dies. But the ability is still on the stack. Okay. Yeah, so we had to get a head judge over anyway. Um <laughs> You mean my Sublime and Beastie Boys references did not clarify the situation in a simple, simplistic process? <laughs> no, the head judge did. <laughs> Are you sure the head judge did not use Beastie Boys and Sublime as a way of conveying the message? Uh, no, he did not. <laughs> he just said because I'm a head judge and I said so. Ah, okay. So I guess that works. <laughs> it was very clear. After that, it was crystal clear. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so he destroyed the uh, engineered plague, but he still had to fight around the graph diggers cage, and I think I ended up beating him first. Game three, um, he managed to natural order uh, before I could really do much about it. Like mm-hmm. I, I was keeping his creatures off, but then he was able to natural order, and he got out progenitus. And I had a tropical island, I think two tropical islands and an underground sea. And I was like, so even if I top deck Liliana, I don't have two black to cast her. Yeah, oh, I think I was actually watching that game. Yeah, it was a little rough. Like, so, so I died of the progenitus, and that's, that's alright. But it was, it was cool. I played against, um, a couple Miracles decks. Uh, they were a much better matchup than 
it is with Tinfins. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, I played against Elves. It was a more difficult match than it is with Tinfins. <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was, it was cool. It was cool playing Shardless Bug. The deck is, uh, the deck's fun. I know round one I beat Bug Delver. Um, it's just like, I forget what the hell I even did. I know I, I, I went in, uh, like to hedge against Omni Show. I went in with, um, more, I went in with like three Thoughtseize, two him to Torax, and then one of each in the board. So against Bug Delver, I took out the Thoughtseize, and because uh, I wasn't looking to, you know, lose life. Yeah, against Bug Delver, all their threats are pretty much on equal value with each other, so it's just more about volume rather than specific targets. Yeah, so I think I, I think I probably took out the Thoughtseize, brought in a him to Torax, and a couple of surgical extractions. Yeah. Which, which you know, might be weird. Um, if I can keep, if I can wasteland him. Oh, you know, you know what it was? That's what it was. I brought in two life from the loams to get him in a life from the loam lock. Oh, uh, yeah. That is a good strategy against the decks without any basic lands. Like myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I managed to get a couple of people in a life from the loam lock, which is just, I felt bad, too. I played against Rug Delver, and, uh. You know, the guy, It's he wasn't drawing lands to begin with, and then I'm wastelanded him and get him in a life from the one log. It felt so bad, because I already had, like, Supreme Board Presence over it anyway. Oh, yeah, that was actually my, my lost day two, was against Death and Taxes. It was my quickest match of the weekend. It was literally over in ten minutes flat. Yeah. G- game one, he goes Wasteland, Rashad and Port, Wasteland. So, oh, out of that game. <laughs> and game two... He goes, I multi five, and he goes, turn one Caracas, turn two Phyrexian Revoker, uh, casting the Phyrexian Revoker off the Caracas and Wasteland. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, see, yeah, that's. Death and Texas is. is it's um, the deck's hardest matchup by yeah. far. Like, Sneak and Show is very, very unfavored. I would almost say it's like a 90 10 in Death and Texas' favor. Death and Texas is the reason why. Um, I don't know, for lack of a... Yeah, there's really no better way to put it. Uh, Death and Taxes is the reason why I debate Pyroclasm and Sneak and Show. It's just not sufficient. Yeah, that's actually... I wrote about that in my uh, my tournament report I posted, is that I'm actually going to be replacing the Pyroclasms with Lightning Bolts because Containment Priest has Flash, and multiple times over the course of the weekend, I show and tell, and my opponent flashes in Containment Priest, and I have a... Pyroclasm sitting in my hand doing nothing. Well, this, like, yeah, I mean, sorcery speed is, is the challenge with Pyroclasm, but I, I just, Death and Taxes being such a horrible matchup, it's kind of why I was mentioning Massacre and Splashing for the third color. It's not, like, even if it's just in replace of a mountain or in replace of an island to go with an underground sea, it's not for any other reason except that when you try to even abrupt a Kaethalia, Mother of Runes is still sitting there. Yeah, it's not even so much uh, the creature base, because you can fight through a Thalia, you can fight through a Phyrexian Revoker. It's their mana denial package and just their lands. Like, Rashad and Port, Wasteland, Caracas is just so difficult well, for Sneak like, Show to be. Well, that's why, I mean, out of the board, you go with Blood Moons anyway. Oh yeah, it, and it's it's stupid bringing you know bringing in blood moons against a mono white deck, but you have to because no. <laughs> there. Oh no, I know, but it's like on paper it seems stupid. It's like why would you bring in blood moons against the mono white deck that has twelve planes in it? It's like oh, okay. because their other lands are Caracas, Wasteland, and Rashad and Port, which eat you alive. Yeah, yep. 
Uh, yeah, it was, I versed Death and Taxes, uh, twice over the course of the weekend, and I just felt so helpless during both of those matches. Um, definitely bumping up my Lightning Bolts, so Lightning Bolts in place of Pyroclasms. And the other card I was really disappointed in my sideboard, uh, was Defense Grid. Defense Grid on paper looks like it would be really good because it's supposed to protect you, but... You know, when you cast it against a deck with Containment Priest, they just flash the Containment Priest in in response and just have it sit on the board. Um, so it doesn't really fit uh, as an answer for Containment Priest. Well, and, it helps you deal with the Containment Priest at sorcery speed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you basically force it out of their hands, but if you don't have the removal for the Containment Priest along with the defense grid, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're you, it, it doesn't do anything. Right. You know, yeah. if, if you add a lightning bolt, it doesn't matter when they flash it in. You just bolt it in response. Defense grid has always been a challenge for me in Sneak and Show, only because my combo enablers cost three or four, and defense grid costs two. So right. It, it's like a, it, it can act like a must-counter spell, but all it really does is I have to play it, pass, and then I have to pay three if I want to stop what they're doing. Exactly. I felt that multiple times, like against Miracles, where you play it as a way to protect yourself from Force of Will and other counter spells, mm-hmm. but then they just take that turn to play their permanent-based hate, and you can't respond to it because you're tapped out, and uh, their things are protected with an uh, onboard mana leak. Yeah, I think it's only good against, like, Delver decks are just non-combo decks. To and you don't really need a, a hedge against Delver decks. Your matchup against them is actually pretty good. Uh, besides the hand disruption. No, I mean, I played Bug Delver twice, and it, it felt pretty fine. Uh, Ross Miriam beat me with Bug Delver, but that was because I fucked up hard. <laughs> Why? What happened? Um, so it was me being tired and trying to be tricksy instead of good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were playing, and I didn't want to tip my hand that I was on Sneak and Show. Um, I wanted him to think I was on Omni Show, which is which was the much more popular deck of the weekend, and it affects his sideboarding plans for it. Mm-hmm. So game one, I was fetching up Basic Islands, which also hedged against Wasteland, but it was primarily uh, to make him think I was on Mono Blue Omni Show. And that game came down to me being one red mana short of uh, bringing in Emrakul off of a sneak attack and swinging for the win. Okay. Um, so I lost game one because of that, and the match ended up going to three rounds. And I was talking to Ross afterward, and he's like, yep, totally thought you were on Omni Show, so that part of your plan worked. It's just I won the game because of it. <laughs> so, lesson, moral of the story is don't be cute, just be good. <laughs> and apparently I don't learn from my mistakes because my other punt of the weekend was the exact same thing against an Omni Show player. Omni Show player, uh, I get Taxi and probe him. His hand is Show and Tell, Omniscience, uh, Cunning Wish. Okay. And he casts uh, Show and Tell. I have to let it resolve because I don't have any counter magic in hand. And in my hand I have Emmercool and I have Grizzlebrand. And you put in Emmercool. Yep, because I didn't want him to know that I was on Sneak and Show because Omni Show runs Emmercool, not Grizzlebrand. And after I did that, I'm like, I'm an idiot. I should have just put in Grizzlebrand. And drawn, drawn seven to counter him. Not even. Drawn 14 cards because I was on 19 life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Drawn 14 cards, counter the Cunning Wish, and then I have a Grizzle Brandon play, and he has an empty hand. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy to win the game from that state. <laughs> yeah. I, st- I still... That's 
I, I know Omni Show doesn't play Grizzlebrand, and maybe I'm just a huge fan of Grizzlebrand. I still would love to play Grizzlebrand at Omni Show. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so that was just my mistake. It was like one of the last matches of the weekend, and the exhaustion had just gotten to me. Mm-hmm. And it hurts even more that uh, that match is probably the, the deciding factor between me moneying or not, because I was in 70th place, and it paid out till 64th. And looking at the pairings, I was literally a draw away. If I had drawn a match instead of losing a match, I would have moneyed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can't win them all. No, but you can win them a good amount of them. <laughs> you can. You can. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't win them some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I definitely felt Sneak and Show was a good choice for the weekend. I felt just a dominant presence in a lot of my matchups. Mm-hmm. And the four of the matches I lost, I don't think I could have played any better or any differently in order to win those matchups. And then the other two were just punts that I know what I did wrong, and I know not to make that mistake in the future. Hmm. So, if nothing else, I feel I, I learned a lot about the deck over the course of the weekend. Okay. And, and what, what's your biggest takeaway from it? Um, that I'm going to still play the Sneak and Show deck because it's freaking awesome. <laughs> there are multiple multiple games where I mold to five and still won. Yeah. The deck just is so powerful and can really come back from anything. Um, I loved having the uh, main deck Ashen Rider. There are a lot of times where my opponent thinks that uh, they have me, they like figure out what deck I'm on, and they either have main deck Caracas 2, and I do show and tell. They show and tell in their, you know, their Caracas or something else. I show and tell in Ashen Rider and just remove it from the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an Omni Show player I played where he show and tells. He put in Omniscience. I put in Ashen Rider and removed his Omniscience. He didn't have an instant speed response? Nope. <laughs> uh, uh, so good. So good. You know what I've been seeing, and I was actually talking to a couple of people, too. Um, so, and, all right, let's, uh, I'm going to scale this back a little bit. I know, a little. so a little while ago I went down to Florida, and I met some of the guys from South Florida Magic, and they ended up coming up to the SCG Worcester. Ran yep. into uh, I, the one guy, Mike Danto, I believe. I think that was his name. One of the guys from uh, South Florida Magic, anyway, I think it was Mike Dento, was also playing Shardless Bug. And then I was just looking up the SCG list uh, of one of the other... It's so weird to see it called Shardless Saltai. But um, one of the other Shardless... Alliteration. (laughs) One of the other Shardless Saltai players out of the sideboard was playing uh, Seal of Primordium, which is a green, colorless enchantment. Sacrifice it, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Okay. So you like you put it in against the Omni Show deck and then sacrifice it to blow up the Omni Show the omniscience. Right, exactly. Which seems like actually really cute because you can actually get it in and blow out a Trinisphere so you can keep cascading into Ancestral Visions and shit anyway. Right, right. Um, or just Metal Workers. Uh, really, really cute little piece of tech. I not I've been seeing some people do. Um, bring Savannah in out of the sideboard to play like meddling mage and stuff, which you know I'm I'm not a huge. I fan don't of. like that. No, I, I think I've, I've been there's been a lot of discussion back and forth about pulling in the fourth color is so sketchy and and. Uh, yeah, I'm just not a big fan of the four color Delver decks. Well, no, it's not even Delver; it's just Shardless. Oh uh, yeah, so Shardless bug. Yeah, I mean, just four colors in general is really sketch. Even with Deathrite Shaman. It's still really hard. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're already weak to Blood Moon and Wasteland. Why do you want to be more weak to those cards? <laughs> right. Right. 
Um, especially where you do something like me, where you. <laughs> so I I got into a game with a with a sneak and show player, and this was just kind of funny. I decided game two, I was just going to side out all my abrupt decays because I'm I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking at like hitting his lotus petals or anything. I'll just rip his hand apart. Yep. And I brought in more hand disruption, and of course you only need the top deck of blood moon. <laughs> <laughs> so I get Liliana down. He gets a Blood Moon down. Um, I have a pyth- so I cast a Pything Needle, naming Sneak Attack. He casts a Sneak Attack. I'm taking up Liliana, and then I just like I ultimated Liliana at six instead of seven. <laughs> so it was just it was so bad. We just kept like Drago, Drago, Drago. I have and I, I like I know I have no answer to a Blood Moon in the deck at all. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know every he gets to eight cards. He's got a discarded card, so he discards Emrakul, shuffles it back into his library. And I'm looking at my graveyard getting bigger. I'm like, I'm just going to deck myself first. Does he actually get, you know, two islands to wipe away this pything needle? <laughs> it was just so, it was, uh, it was funny. It, it was funny to me because like, I went, I went into the tournament, like, knowing I'm weak to a blood moon and just, yeah. just oh, completely okay to die to a blood moon so long as I crush every counterbalance I see. Right, right. But I mean, that's the deck with the sneaking show, is if you don't put a clock on it, it will win the game, because it can draw out of pretty much anything. Um, a mud, I was playing mud, and the guy blew his hand to go turn one Trinisphere, turn two, uh, uh, Blood Moon. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, alright, well that sucks, and, but he didn't have any clock on me, so what I eventually did, is I played three lands, tapped three lands to cast a Lotus Petal, Okay. And, and then next turn, use the Lotus Petal for blue to play Show and Tell. Okay. And proceeded to win the game from there. Like, yeah. I, like yeah. winning, I'm a combo deck that wins through a turn one Trinner Sphere, turn two Blood Moon. Yeah. Yep. Um, Granted, I mean, I play Blood Moon too, but I only have two basic islands in my deck that I fetch up before I drop the Blood Moon. Yeah, but all you really need is to either see, like, one of the basic islands or a sneak attack. Like, uh, oh, he also had a Phyrexian Revoker on Sneak Attack. Oh, okay, yeah, well, that matters. Yeah. <laughs> I left that part out. <laughs> but it was only two damage a turn, so that gives me ten turns to draw out of it. Mm. <laughs> huh. Uh, but it was, a, it was a fun weekend, so I definitely had a real good time. Ate some amazing food. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, started off with Miss Worcester, you know, the old the old standby. We did a little uh, Carl's Diner, got to experience the famous birthplace of cholesterol. <laughs> yeah, it was actually, you know, it's, it's. I know you were in a rush uh, Sunday morning to get to the table and stuff. It's too bad we didn't get a little bit more. Uh, the full experience, I know. Yeah, time in for breakfast. I do like, though, Dan. Dan's experience. Dan, Dan uh, but my buddy Dan came down with us. He played, too. He played Lone Pox. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sit down at the table, and I order a sausage, egg, and cheese. Dan orders a bacon, egg, egg and cheese mm-hmm. uh, to go. And the cook just, like, lays out the full, like, like two-foot by six-foot griddle with sausages and bacon. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, okay, I guess maybe some other people also ordered sausage and bacon. <laughs> no. And <then> he, <laughs> no. And he finishes cooking, and he just takes the, like, I, my sausage, egg, and cheese had ten piece, like, ten full sausages in it. And then Dan's bacon, egg, and cheese had, I don't know, probably about a pound and a half of bacon in it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I told you, when I went down, when I went to GP Boston, they had to rubber band the container because I asked for it to go there. It's, uh... It was an amazing place. (laughs) Yeah, there's some places, I just like to, so, I like to go make sure, like, what the hell was, oh, wow, hey, cool. Um, 
Do we have a bird chirping at our window? Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, let's try it this way. Oh, yeah. What's going on, guys? How's it going? What's happening? It's going, man. It's going. So, we were just talking about, uh, let's see. All right. So, what the hell were we talking about, Jerry? We were talking about breakfast. Oh, yeah. So, when it, so when it comes to, like, big events, um, you know, I like to go grab something to eat so that I'm not making bad bonehead plays because I'm hungry. It's okay to make bad bonehead plays because I'm bad. I just don't <laughs> like to make bad bonehead plays because I'm hungry. So, you know, we went, we went, we grabbed breakfast Saturday morning, and we met up with, uh, somebody who just joined the call with us. Oh, we got a special guest. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing, Patrick? Doing good, doing good. I want to make sure I want to make sure I can actually pronounce your last name correctly. It's is it Uglo? Yeah, man, you got it. Oh, look at that! <laughs> it sounds like a Swedish music festival. You, you would think so. You would think so. <laughs> Apparently, it has some Native American roots, but uh, hell if I know. So, no Swedish rave. Definitely go with Swedish rave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a long time leaving a legacy fan and brand new legacy contender. You know. Halfway through the day, champion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you only count, you know, the last five rounds, I did pretty well. So yeah, if you just forget about rounds one through four and just stick with <laughs> five through nine, you are undefeated. Uh, basically, yeah, basically. <laughs> so how you doing, hey, Pat? Good show. Uh, Tell everybody what you were playing. So uh, I wanted to come in. Uh, I didn't really have any uh, experience with Legacy at all. So uh, I, I talked to you guys a little bit, then listened to the cast for a while, and figured, uh, you know, Burn would be the easiest way to go. I've been looking to get into Eternal formats, and, uh, you know, Burn ports over well into Modern, yep. so I figured we'd build, uh, build uh, Legacy Burn, and I uh, went, went with that. Pretty just, you know, just a standard build, nothing uh, too crazy with it. I, I gotta tell you, I'm glad I didn't face you. You would have been my worst matchup. <laughs> even, even I would have liked another winner too. So <laughs> you should have heard, yeah, you should have heard Adrian the night before. He's like, ah, should I, should I just sideboard like one or two chills? My <laughs> God, <laughs> like, ah, I don't know, man. Are you really that nervous? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I played a really diverse meta there. It was, uh, I mean, out of the nine rounds, I think I played only one deck twice. Just guys mm-hmm. still played, so it was uh, it was a good time, man. I had a real good show there. Yeah, I mean, first ever legacy event. You picked a good first one. Yeah, it was. I mean, there was what like six hundred people there, so uh, it was. I think it was bigger than the the biggest standard event I've been to, which was an SCG Open uh, a year ago. So um, it was great, man. It was a great vibe there. Lots of people there, and uh, got to meet some cool people. Yeah, I, I just loved uh, seeing your reactions. Like whenever you would come over, and you would see like some crazy legacy board state that you <laughs> oh would never see any other format. And you're like, oh, that can happen! Oh my god! <laughs> I, I mean, I, dude, I saw guys playing with their whole graveyards like on their play mats, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? And like, I mean, it was yeah, it was crazy. I, I played against Reset High Tide, which uh, he went off first first uh, game, and uh, insane. I just watched him play solitaire for about ten minutes, and he's like, looking for seventy. I said, sure, let's go to game. Too. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty great. Oh man, first ever legacy event, and you get to play a reset high tide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so well, I, did, I did win that round, so you did win. Excellent. I was gonna say, if you lost, you may have run screaming from the room. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty nasty build, though. Uh, you know, it, it didn't have too much uh, too much power in there. I guess it was a powered down version, but that was fine since I was running burn and basically had no idea what the hell I was doing that day. So uh, it was it was a good matchup. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's an interesting match to you don't really play, you just watch. <laughs> like that's an interesting match to watch. Yeah, yeah, it's like, do you have counter magic? No. Okay, I'm gonna be a bit. <laughs> yeah, yep. we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'll whiff later on. 
Yeah, I mean, that deck's also another really, really cheap deck to build, because for expensive pieces, you basically have Sensei's Divining Top, which isn't too bad. That's about, you know, on par with some, like, standard Mythic Rares. Then you have, like, Force of Wills, which, I mean, you just kind of need Force of Wills. You buy those, and they slot into any other Legacy deck. And then you have Candelabras, which are, like, $300. But other than the Candelabras, you're good. I don't know that the Reset High Tide uses Candelabras. No, it it doesn't. High Tide will use them if they can, but, like, it's not even necessary for High Tide. I think it's necessary. I just okay, think it's necessary it's, for strong high tide. Yeah, it. it's just no one can af- no. It's not worth it. It's one of those decks that go into high tide and twelve post. And do you really want to drop twelve hundred dollars on a playset of one card that goes into two really niche decks? <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, and I guess the same thing said about Tabernacle. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you buy a Tabernacle, you're playing lands. Not really much else. Or no, actually, I mean, I've I've actually faced. Oh my God, was that miserable? Uh, Astra Slide had Tabernacle on me when I played Elves. But Astra Slide is a very niche deck. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean onslaught block constructed decks don't make a comeback in Legacy all the time? <laughs> that, man, oh, that that deck is something, dude. Though. Uh. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, um, all right. So, did you play? Out of curiosity, Pat, did you play against uh, any dredge decks at all? I didn't play against any dredge decks. Um, I like I, I had a few that were going on uh, in games next to me. I didn't play any dredge decks. I played. Uh, did you watch them? <laughs> I did, it was yeah, it was ridiculous. It What's was, your uh, impression? Yeah, <laughs> just like I mean, I, for, you know, for someone coming new to the format, I had just no fucking clue what what I would even do in that. Like it, it just seems like it's a super powerful uh, uh, kind of uh, yeah. kind of deck there. And yeah, I don't know how it interact with that with burn. It was a little bit intimidating. Yeah, it goes it goes on a different axis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun though. I played. I had this really interesting uh, one of my last rounds. I ended up playing against the dredge deck. Um, and I was doing Shardless Bug, but he do, he was doing... He actually did have LEDs, so he was doing, like, LED dredge. But, uh, so this was a weird... This was such a weird board state. Like, I beat him game one. Um, you know, I'm playing Deathrite Shamans anyway. I cited Surgical Extraction, Toxic Deluge, and, like, whatever else. And uh, we go into game two, and he, he decided to take the play... And mulliganed and mulliganed and like <laughs> mulled to five, and then um, he ended up. He was playing like mana confluence and um, cephalid coliseum for lands. Cephalid coliseum, it, it you tap out a blue, take a point of damage. If you have more than I think seven cards in your graveyard, you can like l- sacrifice it and loop three. But um, so that's like the threshold mechanic, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. So what he ended up into, he had like nothing in his graveyard, and he was casting creatures. And a dredge deck normally doesn't do that. <laughs> so he he cast a, a Golgari Thug, and that was his first creature. I had nothing on the board, and he's, he attacked me with it. And then he cast a Stinkweed Imp, and I had nothing on the board, and he attacked me with it. And it got to the point where I did this strange, I had this weird play where I like, Use the Sylvan Library to draw an extra card. Um, I had to crack a fetch, cast Toxic Deluge, paying two life to kill both of his creatures. And the Golgari Thug, when it goes to the graveyard, you return a target creature from its owner's graveyard to the top of their library. So I Toxic Deluge for two, put both his creatures in the graveyard. With the Golgari Thug's trigger on the stack, I Surgical Extracted the Stinkweed Imp. So now he had like no creatures in his graveyard, no dredger in his graveyard. It just like <laughs> slowed him down more. But I, I paid 
Four for the Sylvan Library, one for the Fetchland, two for the Toxic Deluge, and two for the Surgical <laughs> Extraction. I paid, like, so much life, but he wasn't able to do much about it. Yeah, Dredge is just one of those decks that I, a lot of their wins come from just playing against people who have no idea how to play against it, and they, it, Dredge just gets free wins that way. Like, a lot of people will board out their counter magic because they think of Dredge as this really uninteractive deck that they just cast all their stuff from the graveyard. Mm-hmm. But really, counter magic is your strongest ally in that matchup because you're not countering their threats, you're countering their enablers. Mm-hmm. You know, you, most decks you wouldn't force a will a careful study, or mm-hmm. you wouldn't like counterspell, um, you oh. know, uh, like a breakthrough or something like that. But against Dredge, you have to because that's how they get the creatures in the graveyard, that's how they, you know, get the engine rolling. Well, so. Then you get the turn one, you know, depending on how a dredge player game one decides to play it out, you have to decide, is this guy's cast an Lion's Eye Diamond? Do I need to worry about that? Right. It's do I, ca- do I counter this Lion's Eye Diamond or do I counter the draw spell like the Faithless Looting or the Careful Study or the Breakthrough? It's, it was, it's debating which is the more important enabler. It was pretty funny. Well, not funny, but... Interesting, too, because, like, he went turn one, you know, game one, turn one, Cabal Therapy, and named Days, and I had Force of Will, Force of Will, and, like, a couple of the blue cards, he's like, oh, that kind of hurts. <laughs> Did you, like, have a land in play? Like, was he on the play or the draw? He might, I think I might have won the dice roll. Okay. Uh, and I, I don't even think I just, I, I don't even think I cracked a fetch, I was just waiting, holding a brainstorm. Just, okay. like, figured I could do it at the end of his turn, he started with uh, Cabal Therapy, and I'm like, well... Sure, maybe he names Force of Will, maybe he doesn't. And he named Days. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Wasn't that bad. <laughs> really uh, nice. So, yeah. uh, Pat, what else did you play on your first day out in the Legacy Universe? What's that? Sorry? What What else did you play on your uh, your first day? Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so through the nine rounds, I, my first round I played against Brug Delver, which he, uh, uh, he said was a little bit of a variant on it. Uh, he was running with a few few more Fluster Storms, I guess, than they normally run on that list. Like Flusterstorm's uh, main? Uh yeah. Yeah. And then uh, he had, yeah, that is he had one or two main and then one one out of the sideboard if I'm not mistaken. Okay. That's that's yeah. a little spice. Yeah, yeah. Um uh played against Jeskai Stoneblade twice. Um I played a Merfolk deck. Um and then a, the later rounds I went and uh played against Reset High Tide. I played the Burn Mirror, I played Sneak and Show, and then I played Elves in the final round. How and what did you think of playing against Elves? Uh, it was, it was interesting. Uh, it was a close game. Uh, Rurik Thar is really rough against <laughs> Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, you for three, I'll take six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He o 2 me. I mean, I'm sitting, you know, sitting game two. I, I had, uh, sided in my ensnaring bridge, so I had that down. And, uh, he lands Rurik Thar, and I take a look at the card. And then I take a look at my grip, and I got two fire blasts. I have a, a lightning bolt, and I have, you know, four untapped m- mountains, and, uh, he's sitting at eight. And I'm just like, there's nothing. I have no way to interact with that card, so I just kind of scooped it up and went home. (laughs) (laughs) That was the other part of that, Jerry. I didn't. I was telling Jerry earlier, Pat, that I was playing against an elf deck, and uh, he cast um, Reclamation Sage. I had a Graft Digger's Cage and an Engineered Plague, naming Elf on the board. Yep. So he cast a Reclamation Sage, blew up the Engineered Plague. But like, then a few turns later, he he cast an Elvish Visionary. And then pass the turn back to his turn. He cast Natural Order Sacking the Elvish Visionary, and, and, and um, said okay. So he reached for his library, and I just held it down and pointed to the Grafdigger's Cage. <laughs> <laughs> That's just so mean. <laughs> it, it, it's surprising. I mean, not surprising, but I think one of the 
I would imagine one of the toughest things with Legacy is that there's such a huge variety of decks. I mean, and you only have 15 spots in your sideboard to, to play against them. I mean, I know I know I went with, you know, I had no graveyard hate. Hope <laughs> yeah. Edge. Like, I, I just, you know, it, it seems like there's just not enough spots in your sideboard to deal yeah. with what it's out yeah, th- I think there's a certain point, you know, Jerry was mentioning, you know, last week or the week before, what if Legacy had 20 cards on the sideboard? Yeah, I've heard that <laughs> argument too. But the other thing, like, I went, I went in just, I, I went in with a sideboard that just acknowledged the fact that I was pretty much hosed to burn, mm-hmm. and, uh, I would have no answer to a Blood Moon, or I would side out whatever my answers were <laughs> to a Blood yeah. Moon. That I would just be weak to Blood Moon and burn, but other than that, I would just, uh, beat what I expected to see. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, right? I mean, the legacy card pool is so deep. I mean, you're dealing with so many different cards that, you know, I've, I've played, like I said, I've played standard, I ground standard for a while, and, I mean, you know all the cards in standard, you, you play a couple of drafts, you know everything that's, that's relevant, and, and uh, you know, my, my mirror game against Burn, the kid brings out Dragon's Claw. I, okay. you, I mean, it, you know, it, it's uh, it's just funny. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> that is awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was uh, that was his secret tech, and uh, uh, it's just one of those things where you, you look at you, you know the card pool that you have, and fifteen cards is just not a lot of cards, man. It really isn't. No, I think yeah. I think I think you kind of get you know hopefully you'd get used to your deck and you'd start to figure out well what are the matches I'm okay to give up, you know, mm-hmm. and like one of the things. Um, Oh shit! I just fucking blanked. <laughs> you, uh, you definitely have to pick your battles. Um, it gets to the point where you can't prepare for everything, so you just decide. Okay, no matter even if I bring in one or two sideboard cards, this matchup is still pretty much unwinnable. Mm-hmm. So I should just probably use those sideboard cards in a more marginable matchup. Right. Whether it'll actually matter. Something, something where you have a real shot at it. Right, and then also the other one is I like sideboard cards to just go wide. Like, that's why I love Graph Digger's Cage so much, is because it's an answer to so many different decks. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets the Elves decks, it gets the Green Sun Zenith decks, it gets Dredge, it gets Reanimator. It can screw with decks playing Snapcaster. Right, exactly. So it's, uh, it's just a really versatile card that is an answer to a lot of decks, which is why, even though it's not the best graveyard removal, the fact that it also deals with non-graveyard decks makes it more valuable than running, like, a rest in peace or something along yeah. those lines. Well, well, can I tell you guys about my two sideboard MVPs of the day? Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Well, were they? So, all right. So, so the first one um, was uh, Ensnaring Bridge. And that was, I felt that that was really critical against a lot of decks, especially because my grip is one or two cards within the first, you know, few turns. And if they're playing a creature-heavy deck, uh, Ensnaring Bridge got them a few times. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, I actually played against uh, this guy, Joe, in around eight. And he played uh, Show and Tell, and mm-hmm. he sh- he showed Emrakul, and I showed Ensnaring Bridge, <laughs> and, and that, that was really that was a really good feeling. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, Red Elemental Blast because it's so out of you know out of what Burn does now. You know, again as a standard player, like the, the color pie is very set, and what each color is able to do. And uh, playing Counterspell for uh, for in a red deck is pretty sweet. And I did yeah. that against High Tide, and that was really good. Yeah. They don't expect it. Like, they know no. it's a card because Rug runs it and Miracles yep. runs it, but they just, no one ever expects Burn to run it, too. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's, it's it's very narrow, you know, but in Legacy, it's it's really not that narrow. I mean... Uh, hating Out Blue is, is not that narrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, it's, an, it's narrow in that it's, you know, one red mana counter target blue spell, but guys, I mean, yeah. everyone's playing blue. I'm playing <laughs> yep. blue now, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I know, I was going to say, you got so hooked, you, after your first ever Legacy event, you ran on Puka Trade, and I see you're... Uh, I, you know, I got to tell you, man, like, watching everyone draw so many cards made me feel so sad. 
no way to do that. Um, you know, I, I loved playing Treasure Cruise and uh, Dig Through Time and Standard, and uh, I just wanted to find the next deck that I could start getting into that, that ran those cards. Treasure yeah. Cruise, well, yeah, you won't find one in Legacy that plays Treasure Cruise. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I'm, as far as, like, just a good draw spell like Dig Through Time. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. And, and uh, I'm getting into Blue Red Delver, and uh, just going to run a stock list for a little while with some events. Uh, I recommend Ely. Uh, I told you about it. Ely Cassis. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's kind of a legend in the uh, legacy community. He yeah. ran a bunch of events out in the New Jersey, Pennsylvania area, and he's just a master, at, like one of the smartest players I know. Let me. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you, Pat. One of the things that I always, uh, one of the things I love and respect about legacy is when players are doing things that are not, um, like if you're playing a stock list and it's just a standard stock list that everybody has kind of built, mm-hmm. when you sit across from somebody, they can tell your list in advance. Like that's mm-hmm. why, you know, that's why Red Elemental Blast was so cool because nobody expected yep. to see that out of your deck, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Um, and so one of the things that, one of the things that I always loved about Legacy, I played against a guy one day, uh, he used to he used to show up at tea and he would, he would bring a deck called Angry Birds, that's just what he called it. <laughs> it was... He went, like, Birds of Paradise turn one, but then he would go turn two Geist of Saint Traft, and then turn three, he would put Unstable Mutation on the Geist of Saint Traft and beat you for nine, <laughs> followed by eight. And, it, like, even if he didn't get the Geist, he'd put it on the on the Birds of Paradise anyway. Mm. Like, it, it was it was such a freaky deck, but, like, you can't name what's in his deck. He's just beating his face <laughs> before you realize it. Right. Those decks are awesome, too, but at the same time, you need to know your fundamentals before you can start innovating. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no such thing as innovation if you don't know what your baseline is. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. What are you talking about? So I definitely... Uh, I I disagree heavily, bro. Okay. (laughs) Do you know how many jank decks I played before? Oh, Adrian, uh, what place did you come in? Oh, oh, I went there. I went there. Yeah, and I I, I, I came in what place playing Shardless Bug? (laughs) Now, if I had shown up with Angry Birds, what place would I have come in? I don't know. I, I, I went there. You, you would have been in the same bracket as me, dude. <laughs> I, I, I think I already was, Pat. <laughs> For those who haven't gone to a large legacy event yet, there's this thing called the Wild Wild West, and it's it's no man's land because it's considered if you lose the first one or two matches, you can pretty much write the tournament off, which is why a lot of people drop, because mm-hmm. you get placed in the bracket with all the homebrews. Where you verse decks like Angry Birds, and you verse, you know, all these weird homebrews that you've never seen before, you don't prepare for, none of your sideboard cards matter because they don't do anything against these weird decks. Uh, and it, it, it can be frustrating sometimes. Okay. But, you so, know, you're right, the Legacy is awesome because you can do those things, you can have fun. So, so uh, you know, you guys talk about innovation. I mean, you know, if I look at a you know a, a, a uh, Delver list right now, I'm looking at a lot of cards main board that are just cards that I play with insanity. You're looking at Monastery Swiss Bear. You're looking at Dig Through Time. I mean, Treasure Cruise is in there beforehand. I mean, how much attention do you guys pay to sets that are released? I mean, they seem to be you know Standard is, still has some really powerful cards. I mean, how do you determine what is going to interact well with what's in Legacy? Um, it's there's usually it's kind of like an Easter egg hunt. Mm-hmm. So Wizards usually, in each set, Wizards throws one or two bones to the Legacy crowd in each set. And it's kind of just a Easter egg hunt pouring over the spoilers and seeing what might be good enough for Legacy. And mm-hmm. it's not obvious at all. Yeah. You know, I distinctly remember when Grizzlebrand was spoiled, I'm like, 
Uh, I don't know. That might be good enough for Reanimator, but I'm not sure. <laughs> hey, hey, Jerry, Grizzle Brain is really good. I can attest. Yeah, yeah, I heard. <laughs> I heard it's pretty good. <laughs> Pat, Pat, did anybody get a Grizzle Brain out against you? Uh, they did, and they beat my face with a pretty. Yeah, <laughs> Burn can't beat that kind of lifelink. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I kept a lot of uh, notes in my, you know, I kept my life pad with my notes, and I try to annotate it whatever I can, and mm-hmm. put down my sideboard options, you know, side, what I opted to do in sideboard, and I just have one match that ends with, with Grizzle Brand at the end, and then write any other notes, and that was... <laughs> just that sad was, face, sad face. Yeah, that's actually, that's why I started playing Tin Fins, was because I kept losing to Burn. Yeah. So, so I'm like, I'm just going to go all in on Grizzle Brand. <laughs> <Like this. laughs> yeah. But the, um, the... The, so when I see a set come out, and I'm not, you know, consider the source here, um, but like when I see a set come out, I'll look at like casting cost, right? First, yeah, but, that's but, but, first. But I'm either looking at like five, I don't pay attention to. If it's three or under, I'll look at it. Or if it's ten or more, I'll look at it. <laughs> that is, yeah. Jer- Jerry laughs, but like, no, it's you, true. I, I well, 100% follow that motto too. <laughs> yes, and and part of it, like when Grizzlebrand came out, I wasn't really considering it for Legacy. But when Omniscience came out, I just looked at, at another sneak and sh- uh, another sh- uh, show and tell target. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and the same with Enter the Infinite, but Enter the Infinite kind of needed Omniscience to go with it, so it was a, it was questionable. I still liked Burning Wish with it, but um, the other the other thing that I think was highly underrated was when Deathrite Shaman came out. You know, I, like I was looking at it as a one drop, and it's an elf, and it has like some abilities. I figured it's good for like elf decks. And they were five dollars at release, mm-hmm. so, so like I would open them, trade for them. And um, attain them. There was only one other person I saw trying to like collect all the Deathrite shamans they could see, which was really. I, I just wanted four. Um, you know, I, I know I know there's a kid there's a kid around that's floating around with a binder of them, and mm-hmm. he only plays modern. So I don't know if like he kind of <laughs> was depressed at the banning, <laughs> but uh, you know that's that's like another card in abrupt decay. Um, I didn't. I think everyone I, was pretty sure on Abrupt Decay. That that was just really obvious because. Well, yeah, you say I, it's obvious. What I was about to say was Abrupt Decay was something that I didn't give the credit to that it should have deserved. Oh no! Well, so there's a lot of cards that are are you know flying to the radar. Um, other cards are just obvious plants for uh, Legacy, and Abrupt Decay mm-hmm. was one of those because before Abrupt Decay was printed, Counterbalance was even more of a problem than it is now, mm-hmm. and. Abrupt Decay basically was just printed in, for a lot of people, it just read, one green, one black, destroy target counterbalance. And that is immediately just good enough for Legacy. Yep. And the fact that Legacy... Not is, to mention destroy target Tarmogoyf. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like you said, when you're looking at cards, you look at the mana cost, and you look at yep. cards that cost three or below. Well, guess what? Abrupt Decay destroys all of those cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like three and below... Or ten and above, so you can cheat it and play. And <laughs> yeah, and the reason why is because the four casting cost is the Jace test. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If something costs four or more, you ask yourself, would I rather cast this more than or Jace? Right. And why? And like, only and only the certain deck wants Tezzeret. Right. Exactly. It's like, why would I want to cast this card instead of Jace? And ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, the answer is, I just want a Jace instead. If you're yeah, and if you're on blue, yeah, yep. So, so did yeah. you guys talk about the the card that won the uh, the open, the Gurmag Angler? Yeah, <laughs> it's so awesome. Can we talk uh, about a card that's like a fifteen cent common, you know, and uh, foil is like five dollars, and it's it's winning legacy opens right now? Pat, uh, Pat, I messed up. I messed up big. I put all my money on hooting mandrels. <laughs> I have so <laughs> many places. Too much limited resources. That's true, man. 
I know. I put. I have so many copy playsets of foil hooting mandrills because I thought it was going to be the next monastery mentor. <laughs> and lo and behold, I chose the wrong color. My logic was sound. I just chose the wrong color. <laughs> you know, the, the, the awesome thing about about Gurmag Angler, and I'm sure you guys already know this, is that you know at a five five, he's going to beat most Tarmogoyfs, right? Yep. He's going to oh, come out batter skills. Yeah, yeah, he's going to come out probably the same time, and uh, he dodges Victim of Night, which isn't a, a non-relevant spell. You know, because he's got he's a zombie fish. So, <laughs> yes. I imagine that. <laughs> it, well, it dodges pretty much every removal other than, you know, once again, Source of Flash Air, the reason yep. why it's the greatest removal of all time is it gets yep. everything. But it dodges Abrupt Decay, dodges yep. Lightning Bolt, uh, dodges, uh, I'm blanking here, but every, anything, anything else other than uh, friggin' Source of Flash Air is it dodges. Yep. So- so, I mean, how do you think, you know, what do you guys think about, about the delve mechanic in, in Legacy? I mean, it's, it's very powerful in Standard. I mean, in Legacy, it's, it's, is it broken? I, I just, yeah, I definitely think it's on par. There, every once in a while, uh, Wizards comes out with just a broken mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, that they just agree, yep, we can never do that again. You know, what? Storm is one of those. Dredge is real close to being one of those. They can never really print another good Dredge card ever again. Mm-hmm. And I feel Delve is, you know, right on the cusp of it's, you know, this is too good. And uh, the other one would probably be Phyrexian Mana. Yeah. And I just feel every time they print a mechanic that screws with the casting cost of cards, it can lead to broken situations, especially right. in Eternal formats. I mean, that that's what makes Magic such an amazing game is resource management. And when you, right. mess, with that, when you mess with that system, I mean, you're breaking down, like, what this the game is built upon, what makes the game so good. Right, exactly. You know, dredge, you don't even use resources. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, storm, storm is just broken because I guess that you can, when you look at it, it's also resource management because you're getting free things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it goes back to why Necropotence was, you know, such a beast of a card back in the day is because you're not using normal resources. You're paying life to draw cards. That right. was something that was, like, really brand new at the time and hadn't been tried before, and right. so they way undercosted it, and it almost broke the game in half. Yeah, I, mean, I, sh- I should say it did break the game in half, but they banned it. <laughs> I mean, using your life as a resource is one of those things that is, you know, as a, you know, a new player shies away from. I remember being a new player and, you know, pulling a shock and sending it right to my opponent's face as soon as I could when, you know, you're looking at <laughs> a creature on the board that's going to deal you, you know, four, six, eight damage. Yeah. Um, course with oh, yeah. turns and it's one of those things where you know for the longest time players are in that mindset of life total is the most important thing but really the only thing that matters is one point of life yeah, yeah that's, you know, that's everything else is, is negotiable you know exactly if you win the game at one point of life you won the game and that's all that matters <laughs> <laughs> i love i love the new players who break out their like their life life game deck oh yeah i feel that's one of like the first plateaus you reach as a new player when you realize that for me it was heroes reunion Realizing that Heroes Reunion is a bad card was like one of the first like plateaus, the first aha moments. Absolutely, yeah. For, for me, it was uh, looking at fog and, and limited, looking at fog, you know, fog type effects where they don't have no effect on the board. It's a card out of my hand. I'm, I'm investing a turn in it, and it doesn't advance me anywhere. It doesn't it doesn't help me do anything, and it's a dead draw late in the game. Oh, uh, now you're and, you're quoting limited resources now. <laughs> oh man, I I absolutely do. But I'll tell you, man, like that that. That changed the way I looked at a lot of stuff, you know? Oh, it really yeah. did. 100%, 100%. And that definitely carries over to Legacy, because 
it's is this worth a card? I feel mm-hmm. plays out in Legacy more than any other format because the competition is greater than Legacy than any <laughs> other format other than Vintage. Yeah, I'll agree there. In yeah. order, yeah, in order to see play, this card needs to beat out ninety nine point nine nine percent of every other card ever printed in the twenty plus <laughs> year history of Magic. Right, that's the same, right? right? Like that's 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 one of the things that I think is so unbelievable about Legacy. You know, I was playing. Uh, I hate to keep bringing it back to Standard, but that's you know what what my wow. my main background is in. And I was playing uh, Jeskai Tokens for a little while in Standard. I mean, and it felt broken to just to be able to to cast uh, you know Stoke the Flames, untap my whole team, and they're bigger. It's, it was insane. And uh, mm-hmm. doing something like that in Legacy is just not good enough. You know, it's like yeah. it's just <laughs> the power. You know, I thought I'm like, oh my god, this is broken in Standard, but. I'm going over and playing Legacy, and I'm watching these guys brainstorm days, forcible, you know, forcible dig through time. These cars are unbelievable. You know, they're unbelievable. Yes, I think some of the, I mean, my, I, I'm, I, have, I don't have an extensive, I don't have fucking really any standard background. I think I did it a couple of times, and it just, I, I, I was heavily bored because um, it felt like I'll cast creatures and attack, and that was really all that. That's all the interaction that there was. Like yeah. in, in Legacy, there's a lot of interaction on the stack, you know. <laughs> and like the only two decks I, I well, I, I played three decks in Standard. I used to whatever hell set that was that had Mulch uh, just a little while ago with like Innistrad or whatever. When Grizzlebrand was printed, I did like a Standard Reanimator deck, and then um, and a, I think I played a Standard Elf deck with World Spine Worm. But then. Um, my buddy let me use a deck that was really like blue, uh, red, white, blue, and all it did was counterspell everything, and then cast Sphinx's Revelation, and then yep. cast Supreme Verdict, and then <laughs> counterspell everything, and then cast Sphinx's Revelation. I'm like, this is. It, they were long games that were really boring. Yeah. And there wasn't much interaction. And then the same thing, like, then he loaned me a standard deck that was just like drop white creatures and attack, drop white creatures mm-hmm. and attack, and like that didn't really like. I got so like one of the things I one of the things that I love about Legacy is really. Um, trying to stand against a different type of decks, like, okay, I gotta be ready to handle a turn one deck. I also have to be able to handle a deck that's plans to go a long game and every deck that's in the middle. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? And like, standard, there is no turn one deck. You know, and, and, um, and in Legacy, there's so much interaction on the stack. Anytime somebody cracks a fetch land, you get, is there a response? Is somebody yep. playing Stifle? Yep. Or like, in Modern, I'll stop playing Trickbind because people in Modern aren't ready for that. Like, it doesn't seem like, you know, I know I don't do a hell of a lot of Modern either, but when I do one of the decks I like to play is Merfolk. And I'll play Merfolk in Modern with, like, Pact Negation and Trickbind just because it feels like Force of Will. And, like, oh, totally, yeah. I will, I'll be versing, like, a burn deck, and I'll fetch, and I'll go... Any responses because it's legacy, and even yep. though they're <laughs> probably definitely not ever going to be a response, I still have to say any responses. Yeah, bullshit fire blast. <laughs> hey, yeah, yep. I mean, I'm out playing. You know, I'm playing like I said, red red elemental blast, and I'm playing against Merfolk, and he's I don't know what the hell he, what hell creature he plays, but he gets to play a creature and it draws him a card, and I'm like, uh, you know, he plays a creature, he draws a card, and I'm like, you know, you yes. gotta check, make yeah. sure I have a response to that, man. I know I'm playing burn, but I got yep. to play here, you know. Yep, yep. Silver Gale. Um, yeah, like, I got my Grizzlebrand Activation Trickbind this weekend. Nice. Wait, Trickbind or Stifled? <laughs> Not even Stifled, Trickbind. Oh, I don't know awesome. if he was, like, it doesn't even make sense to his budget because Stifle's, like, a $5 card now. So I don't know why, but he was running Trickbind. <laughs> um, i got to imagine that that's got some sort of relevance against, um, uh, you know, tap to draw a card. I'm going to, you know, shit like that. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to scroll top. Yeah. Well, oh, actually, I don't know why, but that just randomly made me remember a judge interaction I had as well, where a judge saw something wrong with my match, 
didn't stop the game, and then came over afterwards to tell us that we had broken the rules. <laughs> Do you remember what the rules were? Yeah, so I was playing against uh, elves, and I cracked my lotus petal to activate sneak attack. And in response to me cracking the lotus petal, my opponent Croson gripped the sneak attack. Ooh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. And then we continued playing the game. Didn't end up mattering because I ended up show and telling in Emmercool and winning the game. Uh-huh. But afterwards, the judge comes up and goes, oh, hey, by the way, I saw this, but I didn't want to stop you guys. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, you actually can't Croson grip the uh, sneak attack. The mana yeah, because Lotus Petal is a mana ability, and mana abilities don't use the stack. Right. right. Um, I learned that interaction playing, well, playing standard with, uh, with uh, Nykthos. Oh yeah, you know I, someone 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 burning a creature in response to a Nyctos activation. Yeah, uh, do it. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. love that that the judge is just like, yeah, I saw something going wrong, but I didn't stop it because you guys looked like you're having fun. <laughs> 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 like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, like, I mean, I I I shot a, a little Twitter message to Jerry like the day after the tournament. I'm like, dude, when are we gonna play Legacy again? Because I'm just like super into it. It's just a it's a blast to play. It's this. So interactive, it's very powerful, and uh, you know, with the exception of my first round opponent, everyone I played against was just was just awesome, very welcoming. Well, let's bring up the first round opponent by I name. I felt let's so bad that your first ever first ever opponent was a huge dick to you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and, and I, I get it. You know, like you know, he was at the high. You know, I noticed him like you know through the day. He was at the higher tables. You know, he's in that front row of tables right across from uh, from the big stage they have there, right across from the feature match area. And uh, so he was obviously there, there to win. You know, what I mean, I get that, and and yeah, fuck you know, he, he's competitive, and you know, I'm I'm a competitive guy too, but I'm also not addicted to new players. But again, I I don't hold it against him. You know, I I met so many awesome people there that uh, my my impression walking away from it certainly wasn't tainted by that, you know, dick yeah. smack. So I, that, yeah, I, I, I I hold it against him. <laughs> <laughs> no, really though, really. I mean, if you want if you want to play a game that you enjoy. Fucking encourage people, or else you'll yeah. have nobody to play with. Yeah, yeah. That's also what I like about Legacy. Not knocking standard in any way, but I just feel Legacy players, you know, we're older, we, we have lives going on, we don't really have time to keep up with standards, so that's why we play Legacy. So I feel Legacy players are a bit more mature than their standard yeah. counterparts. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, you know, like I said, I got into, I got into Legacy because I just couldn't keep up with standard. I got two young kids and I want to spend time with them and I can't be at the shop grinding every week and swapping out play sets of planeswalkers and everything. And yep. I, you know, I want to just invest in something. And, you know, I'm saying that and now I'm going over to a different deck, but, you know, I just want to invest in something. <laughs> well, the, the, wanna... thing is, the, the thing is, you'll still have burned together. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's, I just want, you know, it's just, I mean, um, I can't say enough good things about the format, man. And, and serious shout outs to you guys for having a, a podcast like this. Like, totally got me into legacy. I started listening to it just as kind of, you know, your, your back and forth was great and learning about the cards was fun and listening to what you guys, you know, are doing out there is great. And then getting into it and playing myself, it was just a, it was a great, uh, uh gateway drug, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were just talking about how what? MTGO was crocodile. <laughs> Are we saying that, Jerry? Oh yeah, it's like, uh, and then, uh, uh what is it? Uh, emblems are the herpes of magic. That will be our first T-shirt. <laughs> well, you know, and, every and, time I put on, every time I turn on MTGO, my my secondary fan and my PC kicks on. I'm just waiting for the thing to shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, it's scoop at the top eight to you too for fucking coming up to Miss Worcester and joining us for breakfast. Oh, was, was a, was a, overall, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Delicious. 
Yeah, Miss Worcester's pretty good, though, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think I had been there once before when I lived in Worcester, but it was forever ago, and uh, it was I was happy to rediscover that place. It was excellent. Yeah, I think the other thing you missed was Carl's Diner, but we could do that some other time. Hey, I'm into it. I'm absolutely into it. Oh, and you guys are enjoying uh, Armsby Abbey. Oh, best. Yeah, I'm, I'm all set with that. It's, uh, it's too pompous for Adrian, apparently, but literally it is life-changing macaroni and cheese. Like <laughs> you, you eat this macaroni and cheese, and you will never be the same man again. Uh, I accept <laughs> that challenge. I'll accept that challenge, too. I'm a big food guy, so. Well, then Paul Max Diner on Shrewsbury Street. <laughs> Adrian doesn't like a restaurant unless it has about six inches of grease caked into the walls. <laughs> well, this, all right, maybe there's some of that. I just don't like a restaurant that's going to give me a small plate for an expensive bill. Quality, Adrian, is quality. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you got to go with the Craft Nano Brewery over your Bud Light Limeritas. Um, <laughs> that's the well, name of the uh no. <laughs> Let me tell you, like so. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. No. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh. Uh. But yeah. So. Uh. You. You're. I hear you're an avid Puka trader, Pat. I am. Yeah. I use Puka trade. Um. On almost a daily basis, if not every other day. I, I kept trying to get into Puka Trade and I just couldn't keep up with it because I feel the economy on there moves so quickly. Not that prices change a lot, mm-hmm. but that like wants and wants and gives just trade hands so quickly that yeah, you would literally have to check it like every hour. Yeah, so so certainly you know there there are cards that you know I, I have a, a pretty large collection because I used to play back in the day like you know I was in middle school, high school I played Tempest Block and all that stuff, and then I stepped out of it when I was going to college. But luckily I kept my collection. Uh, wow. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, so I have all these cards sitting around that aren't, you know, necessarily, you know, that I'm going to play, right? They're just sitting there. And so uh, a friend of mine had suggested Puka Trade. I think I had heard about it somewhere else, too, maybe on Twitter. And so I got into it, and um, it's been awesome. I have uh, I built my my modern deck, my legacy deck, uh, strictly through Puka Trade. Um, they are doing some improvements to the site, I guess. Uh, they just recently had a big uh, kind of GoFundMe campaign. I think it was... Um, Kickstarter or something like that. Oh, yeah, uh, get it to transfer over to MTGO too, right? Yeah, yeah. The, so the points are going to be able to to buy stuff on uh, Mitgo. They're going to be able to. Uh, um, they're they're introducing a new feature where you can call dibs in a card. So it's gonna it's not going to be a free thing like you would pay for each dib you possess. But you'd be able to say, hey, like you know, there's a ton of people that have siege rhinos on on that on a uh, trade. And there's very few people that need them right now. And so when you see someone, especially domestically, it gets snapped up, I mean, literally within seconds, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this, what dibs are going to be allow you to do is say, hey, um, for whatever they decide that's going to cost, I want the next trade on this card. I don't know if it's going to be a fraction of the cost of the card or if it's going to be, you know, a price per dib or whatever. Um, but one of the great things about Puka Trade is that they're always, it seems they're always trying to improve the site. They're always trying to do something new with it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've been, uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of that. I'm actually trying to get my Force of Wills through Puka Trade right now. We'll see if how yeah. that goes. Um, you know, legacy stuff is probably the least traded stuff on there just because it's so, so, you know, few, much fewer cards and, 
you know, as far as what is. Hold on to them, too, unless, you know. Yeah. It, it, unless they're, they're more than a play set. Sure. Yeah, not much trading in Legacy. I think with me, what probably kept me away from Puka Trade, and also what I feel keeps a lot of Legacy players away from Puka Trade, is that, and they're changing this, is right now you can only trade near-mint cards. That's right, yeah. And it's very difficult to have near-mint Legacy staples, because right. they've been around forever, and they're staples because they see a lot of play. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. So almost every Legacy card, unless you're able to find that like golden box in the bottom of Grandma's basement, <laughs> is going to be at least slight, pl- slightly played. Right. Like, I, don't, and I, I think very few of my dual lands are near-mint, if any of them are. Yeah. I don't think I'd want a near mint dual land because I'd be playing the shit out of it. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you just double sleeve them. Yeah. yeah. So I just found it was hard. Like every time I'm like, oh, I have that card, and then I pull the card out of my binder. I'm like, it's all. Eh, it has a nick. It has yeah. like it's it's not like bad. Like, yeah. It, it, it but it's 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 seen a little love. <laughs> yeah. So I ch- I changed my my username on Puka Trade to uh, will take sp lp force of wills. <laughs> <laughs> just give me it. You give me them. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. I mean, I I know that they're going to change that. I think you guys should probably talk to the guys from Puka Trade. Eric Freytag is always yeah. on. He's done a bunch of podcasts. I bet he would love to come on and talk to you guys about. Yeah, what, about the legacy right, scene. Yeah, legacy, because I'm telling you, man, like, I pay like five bucks a month just to have a couple extra features, but the first few months I was using Puka Trade, it did not cost me a single dime. It, I was not losing any, you know, I mean, Magic players were all in a value. Like, I wasn't losing any value trading my cards in there with the exception of maybe stamps. Um, I mean, I sound like I'm making an, uh, an advertisement for Poker Trade. <laughs> <laughs> I've been uh, into this. Man. It's been, it's been really awesome. something I sound like a spokesman for them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I back them on their on their campaign, on, you know, when they're trying to fund their campaign. And uh, I just think, uh, you know, it's an awesome site, man. It's basically like taking Magic players. And, you know, one of the tough things about trading cards is you got to find someone who has something that, that – you want, and you have something they want, and they're of equitable value. You know what I mean? And it's, it's really kind of, hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really hard, and it, it you know, it, cross formats, it's tough. You know, just you know, ge- geographically, it's tough. So these guys just kind of do it, um, you know, on on the internet, and it brings this whole community a little bit closer together, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I also like that they're a nonprofit. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, cool guys. Puka Trade. Try and make do the Puka Trade challenge. Try and make a legacy deck on Puka Trade. <laughs> I'm working on it. Oh yeah, I I, I saw on Twitter like so I think they were trying to get the first ever Black Lotus traded on Puka Trade. I, I think they did that already actually. I yeah, think. this was a little while ago. Yep, yep. It's pretty cool, man. I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. I'm sure there was a uh, armed guard escorting that to the. Uh, to the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's a pretty cool site, and I think they're always you know again they're trying to improve it. And hopefully they keep improving it, um, because it can be a lot better than it is, but it's definitely served its purpose for me, you know. Yeah, 100%. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> cheap, cheap. <laughs> cheap, cheap. <laughs> so what else? Well, th- I told you guys about, did I tell you about the, uh, the sneaky show player that I played against who played a, uh, face down, uh, Emmercool against me? He played, he played show and tell. Face down Emmercool, and I go face down uh, in Staring Bridge. That felt pretty yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> it, yes, you did, but it's it's a good enough story to make it in twice. <laughs> it, was, it, was pretty great. it was pretty great. No, man, I, I I just had I had a blast in in Worcester, man. It was great, and it was an awesome yeah. time. That is a rare saying, a blast in Worcester. <laughs> <laughs> man, I don't know. You guys all seem to knock Worcester. <laughs> It also does that a lot too. It uh, it's uh, it has a reputation. 
Well, yeah, but you, uh, man, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I just I take it as like the Worcester area. I don't know. I don't know. Worcester's. Uh, well, I, hey, I lived in Worcester for five years, man. I, I know. Yeah, but you lived on Clark campus, and Maine South Worcester is a little different than like the rest of Worcester. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's like going into fucking Great Brook Valley. It's like <laughs> and, no, it's like going into freaking Baghdad. That's what Maine South Worcester is like. <laughs> I lived I mean, in Baghdad not, for five it's, years. It's not that bad. It's, not <laughs> it's bad mostly Scotland. But like, yeah, Clark University, you're across from Crystal Park, and yeah, there's like you find bodies Crystal Park. sometimes and shit. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. For those those at home who don't know, Crystal Park's uh, local slang among among the natives is its nickname is Dead Hooker Pond. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it called that. Ah uh, yes, yep, Dead Hooker Pond, and it is named that for a reason. I will leave it at that. <laughs> Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, who wants to come to uh, Legacy Events in Worcester? <laughs> <laughs> did you see what Ian tweeted me? What? What did he tweet? He's <laughs> like, you can't leave Legacy in Worcester. you got to get jumped out. <laughs> oh, man. No, man. Well, that's just kind of the way I feel. A lot of these big tournaments I go to are not in the best locations because, you know what, tournament organizers are all about value, too. And it turns yep. out event spots in shady locales are cheap. Absolutely. What the fuck are you talking about? Sorry. Uh, you I still take that shit personally. You're like, Worcester's <laughs> a shady locale. I'm sorry, dude. They're, they're, I would rather be in Worcester than some parts of Roxbury. Uh, I was, I mean, I'm much happier going into Worcester than going into anywhere into Boston, that's for sure. Not oh, just shit. for the fact, but just for the fact that I don't feel like driving into freaking Boston. <laughs> I don't feel like parking in Boston. I don't oh. feel like taking the T in Boston. I'll put it this way. I went to Providence, my deck's missing. I went to Worcester, my deck came home with me. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. And Providence is supposed to be a nice place. Anecdotes, man. No, Providence is actually not the best reputation either. Providence is run by the Italian mob. <laughs> Hey, easy, easy, easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anyway. So what, what's, on the, what's on the horizon for you guys? Any events coming up that you guys are going to be taking part in? Yeah, so June 27th uh, down in Lincoln, Rhode Island is a bunch of duels tournament. You should actually come out to that, Pat. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that on Facebook. I'm definitely going to be there. Yeah, first place is four underground seas, I want to say, and then mm-hmm. second place is a beta plateau. Yep. And it, it pays out to top 16 in, you know, various other dual lands, and then eventually I think it starts going into modern Masters packs. Yep. So, and I'm selling my collection and stepping away from the game. <laughs> Not that extreme, no. <laughs> I did like, I did like uh, Chris's suggestion. Yeah, you know, the so last week's episode actually came up today, so appreciate you guys giving, pouring out all the support already for Adrian. He has not sold his collection yet. He still wavers on the fence. Let's get a stiff breeze in the right direction. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's uh, I, I was I was thinking about it, and I didn't sell anything at SCG, and. Uh, I may or may not sell anything at GP Providence. I have no intention of playing at GP Providence, um, but I'll, I'm sure I'll still take some sort of a trip down there for whatever reason. Maybe sell a few things, say hi to a few people. But uh, yeah, I think I like Chris's uh, suggestion too. You know, maybe take a take a step back, half step back, thin your collection out, free up a little equity, and you know just. Not get burnt out by going to legacy events every week, week in and week out. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I told him it was. It, that sounded like just putting the tip in. 
Anything better in moderation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so are you saying you're content to just put the tip in? <laughs> I mean, whoa, 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 how many times are we talking? How many times? I like that. I like that. So, Adrian, uh, the tip's all I have. <laughs> uh, the um, no, I, I, you know, what it, what his suggestion, uh, apparently, what his wife's suggestion was was to uh, you know, he'll play once a month and play on cockatrice and. Uh, I, I'd have to debate. I don't know, but um, once a month may not be a bad idea. You know, at least uh, I do. I do like the idea of maybe playing once a month because it would at least um, not take up all of the time. That like mm-hmm. you know, because so we'll record and then I edit the cast and I post the cast. Like I'm also making decks, playing in events. Like there's a whole lot of uh, this game takes a lot of time. It really. does. But it's a lot of fun. That's why I, I put so much time into it. Um, when it stops being fun, I got to start trying to figure out what it is that I still want to do. And you know, I like doing the cast because I've been screwing around with all sorts of software. I've been learning. Um, I've been learning a lot of stuff that I kind of wanted to learn but didn't have a reason to. You know, this has kind of given me a reason to figure out Audacity. It's given me a reason to figure out image editing software. It's given me, you know, a reason to do a lot of different things besides play Magic. Um, you know the downside for uh, for Lita is that every I'm always doing something that's somehow affiliated with the game, and it's very it takes so much time away from her. And of course, she's not happy with that. Um, I think I think she may be scapegoating magic into it's the obvious source of your uh, you know distractions, but it may be the root of them. But you would still be distracting yourself with something, even if it wasn't magic. Oh yeah, because I've done that with school. I did that with homework. I did that with, um, you know, learning. learning yeah, learning, <laughs> learning network stuff. Learning Linux. Learning like there's always uh, learning how to play count cards in blackjack. Like learning how to do all these different little <laughs> things that I get. I, I pick up a hobby and I get consumed with it. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because like uh, magic has kind of been that hobby since Innistrad, and like that's the longest that I've actually uh, consumed a hobby. In, in some time, you know, but I don't, I don't, uh, yeah. So anyway, I don't, I don't do things lately, but <laughs> it was, um, it was, I, I liked, uh, I think Chris's insight was, uh, it was interestingly well received. Yeah. Yeah. Probably yeah. Good enough for that. Props to Chris. And props to Chris's wife. <laughs> props to just the tip. <laughs> just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Well, is uh anyone else's Twitter feed being blown up with a uh, GP Las Vegas? Uh, oh, every day, every day. It, I'm so jealous. I just I look at all of it and I, I want it so bad. I should probably yeah. check my Twitter feed. I know I ended up with um, it's it's so funny. I keep getting into these uh. I've been having these. Com- oh, you know what? I do want to mention this just for the hell of it because I told him I would, and I. Fucking blanked on it last week. Um, now, Pat, you play MTGO, right? Yeah, a little bit here and there. All right. In that case, let me. Uh, oh, jeez, I get into all these conversations. I got to scroll back in this conversation. All right, sorry, you guys go on. <laughs> I got to find this fucking thing. I'll, I'll figure out what the hell I'm talking about in a second once I find it. Well, so all right, so we're talking about Modern Masters, right? Yeah. I mean, so have, have 
You bought a box, right? You bought a box or two, right? Didn't you, Jerry? I bought I bought one box. It got into a car accident in New Jersey. I heard. Okay. So really, really hoping that the all the problems with the print run don't get magnified. I mean, yeah, that that was my question. I mean, you know, they're talking about releasing this premium product, right? They're charging mm-hmm. ten bucks a pack for it. The you know the MSRP is way up on something that they. I'm assuming haven't put a ton of design effort into. I mean, the cards already exist, so they're yeah. just looking at the limited environment, right? They're looking at I the mean, limited environment. They're sending well, send this out. I mean, and there's been all these snafus with it, right? I mean, there's a the the limited environment is pretty shit too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the, the 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 value of the boxes, I guess, isn't there. And I mean, I can't speak too badly about. it. I've heard the the actual draft environment is great, which I think is their main intent. Um, but I mean. If you guys play in modern, I mean, the whole point of this is to get cards out into the modern format, right? Right. Well, even the limited format, there's clearly some major fails, like Tiki Jiki and, uh, what is it, Splinter Twin, but no Pestermite or Deceiver Exarch. Like, come on. And then probably the worst fail is the, uh, uh, what's the white enchantment that goes in Boggles? Oh, what, Daybreak Coronet? Yeah, Daybreak Coronet. Daybreak oh, yeah. Coronet without any other enchantments that go with it. I have heard that. There's nothing to play with Daybreak Coronet without doing something, some crazy, uh, you know, roundabout yeah. thing. I, I saw a really good thing, though, on Twitter that made me laugh was, um, if you don't follow Mishra's Photoshop on Twitter, oh, you should. He's so um, good. Yeah, funniest guy. He just does, like, Photoshop, like, jokes and stuff, just taking magic, uh, community stuff and throwing it on there. And he did a really good one that was, uh, uh, great joke. The Wizards Modern Masters quality control team goes into a bar and then never comes out. Just, <laughs> everyone laughs. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. I mean, there's, there's. I mean, they're doing the the paper packaging now. You know, with the tearaway back and uh, you know, to be a little bit more friendly, which is fine. Like I've been to drafts before, and the amount of plastic that's get, that gets thrown out is insane, right? But this packaging I guess, protects the cards. cards. Yeah. Right, they're ripping up cards. I mean, like you know, are they not? Are they not quality testing this stuff? I mean, do they not make a box of it and just see, let's see what the patching does to the cards? I just, I just seems like there's a lot of, a lot of oversight that was missed in this, in this set. Yeah, my friend Ara, you know uh, Ara, Adrian, he, yeah. he got a, he opened a pack, he got a Tarmogoyf, and it came out of the pack, uh, you know, slightly to mostly played. Like, oh. pack, pack fresh played card. Oh. That's a, that's a feel bad. That's a that's a that's I mean that's a crime right there. I mean. Yeah. Well, so a modern masters 2015 near mint Tarmogoyf is rarer than a future set <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that one so w- the one good thing about poor quality uh, quality control is have you seen the entirely miscut box? No. I have not. Uh, it is floating around on the internet. I'll see if I can find it, and we'll post it on uh, you know the Facebook group show notes or something. Have you seen the Have you seen the Modern Masters boxes that have a rare uh, mythic in every pack? Yeah, mythic in every pack, and then there's boxes without with no rares in every pack. With a discard card in it. Yeah, that too. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, I also saw hard. boxes that have every single foil was the same foil common. Like, that's a troll. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a really cool image. Someone lined up the entire box, and you can see, like, how the print sheet was shifted. Oh, like, shit. you can, you can print, you could put the entire print sheet together using the box. Um, so, I would actually be okay with that if I opened up my box and I got a foil miscut Tarmogoyf. Uh, yeah, that'd be alright. I'd be, be okay right. with that. <laughs> even if it is, even if it is slightly played. Speaking of, speaking of miscuts, I saw a guy, just real quick, I saw a guy at the, uh, open, who was playing, I don't know what he was playing, he was playing a deck that was all miscuts, like misprints. Yep, that was, that was <laughs> Cassis, the person who I told you, the legend in the legacy community. Oh, that was him? 
That was him. Well, look at that. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at a psycho who invests that kind of money in the cars, man. I can't uh, imagine. Oh, jeez. A psycho who owns his own psychiatric firm. Well, that's fitting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know how he actually did that? No. He somehow managed to find a uncut sheet of uh, revised. Yep. And he had it custom miscut. Oh, my God. <laughs> so just imagine the money that goes into finding an uncut sheet of revised dual That's lands amazing. and all. That's and amazing. And then he has, he has the gall to go and get it purposely miscut. <laughs> <laughs> Which, granted, looks ballin', but... It man. does. I, it, it, I mean, it obviously, obviously caught my eye. I'm walking by, you know, 30 or 40 decks in a row, and like, I just, like, immediately saw his grip, and it's all, I mean, like, atrociously miscut cards. It was really neat. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. Did you find what you were looking for, Adrian? I did. I did. I'm just uh, messaging back and forth with... Uh, <laughs> so, I don't do MTGO. And... Um, so, you're off to a good start. You're off to a good start. Probably. Yeah, I don't, I don't do MTGO. So, here's, here's part of it, right? I already, I already have, like, too, mu- too much fucking money in, like... A real card in front of me. I don't want to have like money and imaginary fucking cards. Oh, yeah. Let me get you started on that. I don't even want to get started on that because I'm with you on that, man. I have a really like okay, and, and here's another thought, right? Uh, if they make their software like poop and Modern Masters comes out like poop, can I actually trust their servers? <laughs> you know, like if Sony's yeah. get if Sony's getting fucking hacked, <laughs> like do I really trust Wizards of the Coast? Um, well, there was, was you just cheap, made me uh, so nervous. <laughs> there was well, a few a few a few months ago. They were doing you know the vintage masters masters draft online. They have vintage masters packs, the cube or whatever they do. You know the holiday cube. Yeah. And uh, people were people were you know you draft packs and they're phantom packs. So you draft them and then after the draft's gone, they're out of your collection, right? Well, they were going through and pe- there was some kind of bug where people were keep were getting these cards. These you know the power nine were just in their collection after they did this Phantom Draft, and I think Wizards came back a few hours later and just started cherry-picking stuff out of people's collections, and, yeah. uh, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I got a Black Lotus, and then five minutes later, they look back, and it's not there anymore, and uh, it was uh, a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of an issue with, with Magic Online, I mean. Uh, yeah, so how invested do I want to be in that type of thing? That's- um that's the thing, man. I'm a, I'm a tactile person, you know. Like I don't I don't do the uh, you know like a, like a Nook or a Kindle. Like I like to have a physical book, you know. I like to have the the physical cards in my hands. I'm not into buying digital cards. I I play draft because it's it's draft and like I I drafted Tapestry Mastered a few times, which is which is fun. Um, did you get any wastelands? I did not get any wastelands. That is the main reason why I was drafting. Um, yeah, I think I did. Too. I think I did get a mana bond in one of my drafts, which is which is all right, but. Um, All right, I, I, I was actually uh, scooping up Lotus Petals. That's what I was grabbing left and right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. What did you, you think of that format? It's it's done now, right? Today was the last day. I think. You could yeah. Um, I didn't draft it as much as I liked because the fucking servers were so bad that <sighs> I kept lagging out of games and I just gave up in frustration. Yep. 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 Resounding uh, support for Magic Online here. <laughs> yeah. Well, part part of my thing is like I just don't put account numbers online. Like even I was looking up Uber the other day and they wanted like PayPal or credit card information. I'm like, nah, fuck that. You know, like there's certain things I just won't. I I just I'm I'm really I'm really particular on where I put account numbers and MTGO just doesn't seem like the place. So so books and stuff. I'll buy it. Like when it's ten dollars or less, I'll consider it. If it's like something over eBay where I'm just purchasing a Forza Will, like, alright, then I'll deal with PayPal. Yeah. But like, when it comes to MTGO, like, alright, so, 
uh, what's Force of Will at? Um, in paper, what's it like? A hundred bucks, eighty yeah. bucks? Yeah, right. something like that. Yeah, I want the piece of paper in front of me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and I know Jerry was saying candelabra is like a fucking forty-five cents on Moto, so that kind of <laughs> got me thinking about it. But um, so I don't. So anyway, so I don't do Moto, but I do want to mention this anyway. Uh, so I was messaging with Heavy Meta, uh, Heavy Meta Midget, and he's got something going together. He's going to do a legacy event sponsored by Face to Face Games on MTGO. Yeah, that's all the information so far. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so you can either stay tuned or hit up Heavy Meta Midget on Twitter or uh, MTGO, and he can get you the information. He's gonna keep getting me information anyway. So, can this we call is, that just the tip of the teaser right there? You can call that just the tip, <laughs> but, but it's kind of funny. It's it's like I don't even play MTGO. <laughs> uh, I may but, have to get my new computer just for that event because. Yes. I've been playing a lot less MTGO because I think my computer just, you know, sagged over the line where it just can't support it. But I have not been able to finish a match of Legacy in the last, like, five months <laughs> when I played MTGO. Like, just get timed out nonstop. That's because you keep playing against Miracles. No, not even. Not even. It's like, I just, for every, it would take me about ten seconds to do my turn, and then I would sit there waiting for my opponent and then it would come back to me, and I would have, like, three minutes less on my clock. Oh. And it just, like, it keeps eating away. It, it takes, like, a solid minute and a half, two minutes for it to load my turn. And it just, oh, you, you just can't do that. So, have, have you guys, so now let's talk about, you know, you guys have played um, uh, the one for Xbox, like the Duels of Planeswalkers. Have you played that yet? Yeah, so, yeah, I played just that. Just on my iPad. So, so it, it's such a stark contrast to what Mitko is doing right now, right? I mean, the function, mm-hmm. it looks great. It functions just fine. I mean... I don't know why they can't just port that over or just do, just do Magic well, Online on my Xbox, man. Well, the thing is, is because Duels of the Planeswalkers is low-level Magic. They can sure. do that because they don't have all the different rules interactions that Magic yeah. Online has. Magic Online is trying to do in a digital realm what isn't meant to be held in a digital realm. Like right. Magic Online, Magic was never designed to be a video game. Right. You know, you can't tell a computer how to, like, interact with, like, uh, uh, like holding priority, and mm-hmm. you know, it just it opens it up to so many different bugs. There's well, so they, many yeah. interactions. I mean, it, it's I, I I definitely see that, and people you know people talk about Hearthstone a lot, and how that was made to work on a PC, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I certainly get that argument. But I mean, we, we live in the age where I mean, I have a powerful computer in my pocket all the time, on my phone. I don't know why they can't get you know Magic Online right. I mean, they have the support of Hasbro, right? You think they'd be able to get the money for it, but I can print a goddamn bicycle off my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I play Magic Online. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, though. And it's I, funny when I, he puts it that way. <laughs> I, do, I do think that I think that Wizards is doing what they can to make it good. And, and don't get me wrong. I mean, the great thing about Magic Online is I can go and play Magic anytime. I don't even have to have pants on. I can play Magic with pants on. I mean, that's a dream right there. So Yeah, that's probably um, the biggest the biggest uh, pro that Magic Online has. And yeah. why... Really? The still... lack of pants is the biggest pro that Magic Online has? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I would say that's number one, closely followed by playing at three in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> you can't take the money out of my pockets if I don't have pockets. I <laughs> uh, no, I have I have a Word document hidden in my computer. <laughs> so, so we were talking about this a while ago, Pat, and I guess this is like my impression. Um, you know, CJ joined us a while ago, and we were talking about the interaction between Chains of Mephistopheles and <laughs> Sylvan Library. Yeah, how does it- that's that's the most interesting like judge call I've ever seen. And we were talking about how does MTGO like deal with that, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
But at the same time, you know, if they if they deal with it on a card by card basis, and I'm not ter- I don't know if you're terribly familiar with coding at all. Absolutely not. I don't know a single thing. All about. right. Well, you, okay. So you got to tell each thing what to do and stuff. Sure. Yeah. And, so, and maybe set up general rules. But then when you do something like change the planeswalker and legendary rule, mm-hmm. now you have to reevaluate <laughs> code. Yeah. You do the entire code for all. What is it like a? I, last time I checked, there was something like a, over a hundred thousand different unique cards in Magic. No, there's like fifteen thousand. I thought. Is I thought it was larger than that. I think. Uh, it, I think he's. I think fifteen is right around there. Yeah, uh, last, last I know, I've heard that number before. I think last I knew it was about twelve, and that was somewhere around Innistratish. Yeah. All right. Well, when I meet with Hasbro's CEO, I'm going with a hundred thousand. <laughs> I mean, maybe a hundred thousand interact like. Unique maybe interaction. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what I heard. A hundred thousand unique no. interactions. Which is which is daunting, right? I'm, I'm not. I don't. I don't mean to get down on, on on Magic Online. I really want it to be a great program. I really want to be able to, to play Magic at home and, and with no know. pants. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, that goes without saying. Um, you know, but I, I can I can appreciate that that it is a, just a massive undertaking. Um, you know, they obviously want to include everyone. I mean, they could probably make it a lot easier if they just had standard on there. You know, or you could, or you could just draft on there or whatever. Um, which would make it a little bit more limited for people, but um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's got to be a pretty uh, pretty daunting undertaking. Hmm. Yeah. Well, just hope for the best in the future, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I do get to draft on it once in a while, and for me, that's enough. You know, I'm not looking to play, you know, eight mans on there or or play any you know PPTQs on there or anything like that. I just yeah. want to draft once in a while when I you know when I can't get to to a store and you know I got two kids upstairs sleeping and my wife's at work, so it yeah. works for that for me, you know. Exactly. Well, should we uh, get into the sh- scoop into top eight portion of the podcast? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why the hell not? Well, <laughs> guests first, Pat. Uh, who would you like? Sure. To- yeah. Well, I mean, this is a little bit sentimental, but I want to scoop you guys in. I mean, if, if it was for you guys, um, I probably wouldn't have taken the dip into legacy. To be honest with you, I never thought it was something that a player who wasn't, you know, didn't have a big collection from years ago behind them could get into. Um, so thank you for that and being so welcoming. And, and, you know, we got to meet up on Saturday and went out to breakfast and, you know, it was, it was a good time. You guys treated me like, like we're old buddies and, and I'm very thankful for that. That was pretty great. Oh, anytime, man. You are always welcome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian, you, you want to go? Uh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I draw a blank there. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'd like yeah, to thank Jesus, uh, <laughs> Mom. I'd like to thank the Academy for this award. <laughs> yeah. You can always scoop in Jesus. That's a good move. That's a good move. Yeah. <laughs> Hedging my bets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I think. Yeah, I want to. I'm going to start. I want to scoop into uh, top eight Mike Danto, which was the guy that came up from Miami, from South Florida Magic, up to the SCG in Worcester. Uh, he was also playing Shardless, but he was actually sitting at the table next to us at Miss Worcester. I invited him out to breakfast, and he's like, oh, I think we're all set. Walked into Miss Worcester, and he's sitting there. <laughs> he's like, uh, we, we decided to try it anyway. This place is money. Let's see. And Pat, uh, thanks for joining us for breakfast, too, man. It was fucking cool to meet you and cool to hang out with you. Yeah, for sure, man. We'll do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and Chris Cheehy and Kyle. Uh, both of their, um, I appreciated both of their insights, um, and and Jerry and 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 Dan, you know, like so you guys came, crashed at my place for the SCG, and uh, and it was it was cool having you. You guys were uh, 
really cool. I, I noticed, uh, Jerry, most of your friends, uh, yeah, most of your friends have been really cool to hang around with anyway. I, I try and hang out with cool people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, it's, it's... It's to make up for the shitty thing that is me. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is the hey, fucking old thing? Hey, I'm not that great, but look at all these people around me. <laughs> you, you look at the girl that's a sur- six surrounded by twos, and that's why she looks like a ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up, isn't it? I didn't mean to put it that way. (laughs) But you did. You did. Um, Yeah, so what? So Mike and Pat and Jerry and Dan and, uh, yeah, and really fucking... Jerry, dude, thanks for letting me borrow your Tarmogoyfs. I forgot how much fun fucking Shardless Bug is to play. <laughs> I had I had a purpose. I felt the easiest way to convince you not to sell your collection was to make you have was to make super, me play Shardless Bug. Have <laughs> so oh. much fun. <laughs> oh my god, it was just it was nice just fucking beating on counterbalances all day. <laughs> That's just what you needed. You just needed a reason to play abrupt decay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm looking at it now. I'm like, I, I was looking at Gerard Fabiano's list too. Mm-hmm little more awkward to me. Um, you know, he was doing bug control with, like... It, and that's the weird thing with top, is it's hard to answer a top when you're playing a top. Like, you don't play Pithing Needle and stuff. Like, he was doing a bug deck that had counterbalance and, and tops in it. And it looked kind of interesting. He's doing, like, just different type of bug decks, Snapcaster Mage and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like a which, bug, like bug control. Yeah, bug control. And, you know, Snapcaster flashing back Abrupt Decay doesn't seem terrible either. <laughs> value, value. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so I, I'm tempted to take a look at his list. It's going to be weird trying to play bug without Goifs, but I'm still keeping my... Uh... Well, I'm going to be on Sneak and Show for a while, so you have you have access to Goifs. No, I, I want to get these back to you uh, this Sunday. If you're going to be there this Sunday, I want to get these back oh, to you anyway. I don't want to be... I don't want to uh, maintain respons- responsibility for your Goyfs. <laughs> that I is fair. For letting me use them. And I, st- I still got to get... My other buddy was going to loan me Goyfs, too, so I have, like, yours and I have his. <laughs> like, I don't have any of my own, <laughs> but I got the rest of the bug deck together. There you go. So I just got to figure out what exactly I want to do. And um, I think I like the idea of uh, Chris's insight. I'm trying to see if I can update my deck file for um, for Trice. I'll probably fuck around with that a little bit. Yes. And... and um, and yeah. yeah. So other than that, I'll have to think if there's any more scoops in the top eight. Well, Jerry's scooping in the top eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you have some time. I have a long list this weekend. So make it up for all the other weeks where I have no one. <laughs> uh, well, first, thank you, Pat, for joining us. Always awesome having a guest on. Yeah, glad to be here. And also, thanks for coming out to Legacy. It was awesome. You were my unofficial like hype man over the weekend. <laughs> Every time, yeah, man, I, was, I was pumped for you, dude. Every round, I'm like going up to Jerry, be like, "How'd you, man? How'd you? What happened? What happened?" <laughs> Just so good, keeping me all hyped up all weekend. That was definitely much appreciated. I, I love there was like times where it was just like I'm just like, "Hey, Pat, watch this. Emrakul." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I gotta tell you, man, like, seeing someone play an Emrakul is just the balls, man. It is amazing. Uh, I didn't check it off, but my bucket list for the weekend was to hard cast it. (laughs) Well, that's the best thing about Omniscience. Yeah, but I wanted to hard cast it for real. (laughs) Um, Also, thank you, Adrian, for letting me and Dan crash at uh, your place over the weekend. You are the greatest host in the world. The host with the most, they would say. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's a pretty elaborate. 
Yes. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so original, too. I thought of it on my own. Should, <laughs> should we mention the last part, too? Uh, after, what the hell was it? Was it fucking, it must have been Saturday night we went out to eat? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. We ended up doing the credit card game. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the credit card game is, Pat? I, I, I am aware of what the credit card game is. You get to, uh, everyone, everyone's credit card goes in the pile, right? And the waitress gets to pick the winner? Yep. And yep. Yeah. That is a nope. game where my Win- luck does not hold out. <laughs> winner, winner being a relative term, I guess. I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, so Jerry, Jerry did better than me at the SCG, and I did better than Jerry at the credit card game, yep. I guess. I so, treated everyone so, to a nice steak dinner that night. <laughs> so who's responsible for the tip then? <laughs> I think me and Dan were putting in cash. Yeah. I just, I, I don't like the, like, I, my, so my mom used to be a waitress. Yep. And, and, uh, how old are you, Pat? I am 29. Okay, so I still got some time on you. Um, <laughs> what, what year were you born then? You were born in like 86? 85. I'll be 30 in July, actually. Damn. Okay, so like when you were born, Reagan was president, and somewhere around Reagan's presidency, he started taxing waitresses on their yeah. tips. Yep. So I've always uh, tipped in cash. I don't like tipping on a receipt. Yep. My brother is a uh, part-time bartender, and he, he prefers the same thing. Ca- yeah. Cash is best. Yeah, they're already making like two dollars an hour. Like, yeah, that's that's just taxing it. It's criminal. It's criminal. I mean, that's that's rough work. Being a waitress, being in the service industry, industry in general is just rough work. You know? Yeah, I've, I've worked in a lot of like you know dealing with the public sort of stuff, mm-hmm. and hungry people suck the most. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Adrian is also scooping in waitresses. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tip your waitress, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Exactly. Tip your waitress. Um, also, oh, scooping in, my buddy Dan came up with the weekend, felt real bad. Uh, I did too, he did not, but I was his ride. <laughs> so he oh. got to come, <laughs> he got to come to day two of SCG Worcester, whether you wanted to or not, but he was a good sport. <laughs> so definitely shout out to Dan for coming with me and, uh, you know, sticking with me throughout the, uh, the long haul. Um, oh, and then also for players, I wanted to shout out one of my day two opponents who was probably like the funnest kid to play against. Uh, his name was uh, Joe Santamassino. Uh, he's a, he's actually a pro tour player apparently, but I guess his nickname is Mr. Roboto because he's a, <laughs> he's famous for playing mud. <laughs> uh, he's actually, if you've ever seen it, the Eric Klug uh, Blightsteel Colossus Altar with Optimus Prime. Oh yeah, um, he's the one who had that made. So that was I got to see that in person, which was pretty awesome. Nice. Um, and he was just a wicked funny kid, real fun to play against. So definitely want to give him a shout out. <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, just, you know, shout out to the Legacy community as a whole. You know, whenever I go to one of these big events, it really reminds me why, you know, the Legacy players are so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got anyone else? Uh, you want to scoop in, Adrian? Think of anyone else? Uh, not at the... I guess Heavy Metal Midget. Other than that, that's that's probably about it for now. Awesome. You know who else I can scoop in? Uh, yeah. Uh, the Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> I scoop it. Auto-scoop Jesus, obviously. Uh... <laughs> Uh, Ginger Ale. I don't really know who he is. Uh, I, I met him. Ginger Ale. Yeah, Houston. Yeah, I met him on the uh, on your on your uh, your Facebook page, like you know your fan site, and uh, he was great, man. He helped me out with the burn list, and he was back and forth with me talking about it. And you're not sure who he is. What's that? You're not sure who he is. I I I know I know of I know of him just just from his like profile and stuff talking on there, but I'm not I'm not like familiar with him though. If you check out, there's a podcast called Tap and Sack. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's on Tap and Sec with John Celso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually just, uh, I, 
uh, MGD cast feed comes to my phone directly, so I just make mm-hmm. sure that next time I won't, uh, won't you know, rate. I, I get so many things on there, and I try to just pick the cream of the crop, so they'll make the cut next time for sure. <laughs> well, it's 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 kind of funny because like you know they'll do a lot of standard stuff. They don't really talk too much about legacy, but mm-hmm. um, so Houston plays when when Houston plays legacy, he plays burn, and I you know I sent him a couple of uh, he actually helped me figure out how to do a podcast originally. No, oh, nice. Yeah. And um, he does a cast. He's out of Tennessee, and he does a cast with John Celso, who's out of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. So I went down to uh, I forget what the I forget what the name of the place was. Connecticut was the store in Connecticut that Celso was saying does Modern Masters drafts. This is when Modern Masters was like starting to fall off the shelves. Mm-hmm. That this store did them. So I went down there on a Wednesday, and um, and I was listening to Tap and Sack on my way down there, and I get in the store, and Celso's at the counter, and like you know, no idea who I am. And why would he? And uh, I just walked over, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta go do a cast tonight." He said it's like the guy behind the counter, and I'm like, "Are you John Celso?" <laughs> so like, panicked him out in advance. Who's telling me something? I am. Oh, oh, you gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, all right. So we'll let you go there, Jerry. Let's yep. see. All right, guys. So we'll take it easy. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Uh, Pat, thanks for coming on. Uh, hope yeah. to see you soon. Definitely, you should come out for uh, the Lincoln Bunch of Duels too. Oh, I'll be there for sure, man. Absolutely. Awesome. We'll keep in touch. Yep. All right. right. Awesome. Great. Uh, See everyone later. Tonight's the night I get in some shit. Yeah. Deep trouble on the incognito tip. Killing motherfuckers if I have to. Filling gaps too. Bitch, a nigga know I'm coming at you. I guess that's part of the game. But I feel for the nigga who think he just gon' come and change them With the swiftness, so get it right with the quickness And let me handle my business, yo I'm on a mission and my mission won't stop Until I get the nigga maxing at the top I hope you get his ass before he drop King Ben kicking back while his brother's leg is rocked Coming up like a fat rat Big money, big balls, big bodyguards on his back So it's difficult to get but I got the hooker with somebody who knows how to get in contact with Hit him like this and like that Let him know that I'm looking for a big fat dope sack What is this been? So let's crush it If you wanna handle it tonight, we'll discuss it On a nigga's time and a nigga's place Take my strap just in case One of his boys looking out my face Cause he's a shiesty motherfucker But I give some fuck Cause I'm going deep cover Yeah, and you don't stop Cause it's 187 on an undercover car Yeah, and you don't stop Cause it's 187 on an undercover car Creep with me as I crawl through the hood Maniac, lunatic, calling Snoop Eastwood Kicking dust as I bust fuck peace And the motherfucking drunk police You already know I give a fuck about a cop So why in the fuck would you think that it would stop? Plot, yeah, that's what we's about to do Take your ass on a mission with the boys in blue Dre, what up Snoop? Yo, I got the feeling Tonight's the night like Betty Wright And I'm chilling, killing, feeling No Remorse, yeah. So let's go straight to the motherfucking source and see what we can find. Crooked ass cops that be getting niggas a gang of time. And now they wanna make a deal with me. Scoop me up and put me on they team and chill with me. And make my pockets bigger. They wanna meet with me tonight at 7 o'clock. So what's up, nigga? What you wanna do? What you wanna do? I got the gauge of Uzi in my motherfucking 22. So if you wanna blast, nigga, we can buck them. If we stick them, then we stack them. So fuck. Yeah, and you don't stop. Cause it's 
listen to this i don't really think about people listening to it i like I, I listen to it man that's how i found you guys yeah so i mean i just i so me and jerry started doing this because uh uh grand prix boston went on and like i remember i used to listen to the a-team and at one point scotty said something about um you know if you like content put up content so that other people have something to listen to too yep so when they came down for grand prix boston you know i um I took him out to, my buddy was doing a DJ gig at one of the local bars doing karaoke, and I know Scotty likes karaoke. Mm-hmm. So I took him out, I'm like, fuck it, I'm the designated driver, I'll bring him fucking wherever. And um, and they had a blast, but they were really cool to fucking meet. And uh, so I figured I, I wanted to start doing a podcast, like, you know, like Scotty was saying, sometimes people like to listen to this stuff. So me and Jerry started doing it, and... Um, I, mostly it was just like I want to record my bad ideas, so I don't. <laughs> so I remember why I didn't want to do that before. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, but like I forget people listen to this. So like, if somebody hits me up or something, I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Like somebody sent me an email to like, so me and me and my wife were like arguing a bit. I moved out like two or three months ago. Yeah. And um, somebody sent me an email. Like I kind of take it for granted. People in Massachusetts, we swear a lot. Oh yeah. And like I don't really think about it, but like Massachusetts is probably one of the places you'll hear "fuck you, you fucking fuck." Oh, for and sure. Actually, like somebody acknowledges what it means. <laughs> you go anyplace else, three people, country, three like, people wow. will turn around, and be like, "What's up, man?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, somebody hit me up. They were like, "You know, the, the language is kind of hard to listen to," and like, so I'll swear more when I get stressed. Yeah, yeah, you know? of course. And I'm and I'm like, all right, well, let me see if I can clean that up because like when I first started casting, I was editing out all the swears. Yep. And then I'm like, fuck this, I'll just leave it. <laughs> You know, because it was taking too much effort, and it doesn't sound like a natural conversation. Yeah, like, yeah. And um, and I would do like a lot of editing and stuff. And then, uh, but this guy that hit me up about the language was from Australia. No, sh- like, ho- like holy shit! I forgot people actually listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, well, let me like. Because you just kind of you do it, you send it out into ether. You you kind of do it because you like doing it, right? And then you just kind of put it out there, and um, uh, yeah. So I would- I- yeah, I was doing it because I like doing it, and I was doing it because I wanted to learn about Audacity, and yeah. I wanted to learn about how to do some audio editing, and, um, but, so we, we started doing this, but anyway, so I went down to Kineticon, and I ran into Celso, 
And uh, he was like taken aback because now there's like somebody in front of him. <laughs> like that reminds him that somebody listens to this. And he was like, you know, nervous at first. We started talking. He was cool to talk to. And then, uh, you know, I, I ran into him at like Grand Prix Boston and we hung out and played a few games. And then, um, you know, he's come up to TE a few times to come play Legacy up here because he likes it. You know, I mean, he plays Legacy, yep. but like he does Modern Cube, mm-hmm. Commander and stuff. Like me, me, I'm pretty much just play Legacy. Right. You, you know, Jerry will do Commander. Um, I can't do that, man. I cannot do it. Yeah, that. I uh-huh. no fucking interest. Like, I used to like, I, I like to do Commander when Shahrazad was legal. <laughs> but like, I, I just don't have any interest in it. And, um, but like, I, I just do Legacy. And, uh, but it's also, he'll come up and play Legacy. I'll go down there sometimes, try to play Legacy and meet up with him. But they do tap and sack to Celso in Houston. Yep. And Houston was big at showing me how to do this anyway. And, uh, and I had to, I ended up having to also get in contact with MTG Cast, um, and create an account and fill out an application to put up a podcast. Yep. And then they were real helpful too. Yeah, they, um, they do. They do a lot of podcasts. Like I, I have MCG Cast. It just it downloads right to my iPhone, and um, I mean, there's there's like probably half a dozen podcasts every single day. And yeah. All, not all of them are weekly. Some of them are biweekly or whatever. So mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet, man. It's pretty like whatever they're doing. That's, that's the other thing too is like I want to talk to him about hey, how do you get it out there? Like because you know I I have a desire to podcast because I listen to a lot of content and I love listening to it and I just want to. You know, just talk about stuff. I love talking about magic, and you know, because you're in kind of the same position I am. Like, you know, you're older, like you're you're grown up. You're not hanging out with your buddies every night, mm-hmm. so it's it's a it's a nice outlet to talk about this stuff. And uh, you know, I have no idea how I'm going to do it, or where I'm going to do it, or what it's going to be on. But I think well, you're welcome to cast with us too. I would honestly, that would I would love to do that. Like, if you guys like having me on, I would be super super pumped to to work with you guys. And yes, because I I think my my viewpoint is just you know. I'm going to be the dumb new guy every week because, you know, I'm, I'm looking up, you guys are talking about cards, I'm looking them up on my phone while we're casting today and just trying to find out what they do and stuff. And uh, Oh, well, you can feel free at any point to say, well, what's that card? What's oh, that yeah, card? yeah, what's no, that fine. Do? I don't want to mess up your flow. I, I, it, and it, it was fine. I don't mind looking it up. I, I just, uh, I love it, man. I, I just love talking about magic. I love, I love, uh, you know, I love this game, man. I really do. And I just, I think providing content is one of those things you can do that just kind of satisfies that creative outlet, you know? Well, it's kind of, yeah, and it is, it's kind of cool, like, um, so, I mean, you're a, I mean, for lack of better terms, you're an in-home dad. Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a separated dad. Mm-hmm. You know, Jer- Jerry's not a dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, uh, my son's with me on the weekends, yep. and, uh, he's, I think, what'd you say, you are like six and eight? Uh, no, six months and three years old. Oh, oh, okay, six, all right, all right. Uh, so mine's... 12 yeah and he's going to be 13 in august like i'm so and let's like one of the things i'll kind of joke about with jerry is like i'm old yeah. like, and I, I acknowledge that dude I'm, I'm almost 40 yeah and that that really kind of fucking i don't think about it that often but like i asked one of the guys at work today i'm like how long you been here and he's like 17 years and it dawned on me i was 21 then <laughs> and i'm like fuck man i'm getting old <laughs> like yeah. so when I look at it that way, that kind of looks different. Yeah. Like some of the guys are like, "Oh, I've been here 40 years." I'm like, "Okay, I wasn't born yet." Yeah. You know, but like <laughs> when it gets like that, I'm like, "All right." So, um, so like I'm I'm at a different point of life, and, it, and maybe maybe there's a lot of legacy guys that are at this point of life, but I'm not. I'm not. Um, I don't have intention to like grind out and go pro and all that shit. Oh. Like I like to play. I like to have fun playing. 
but like you know we've we've kind of talked about it in the past you know if, if i wanted all right for example i got to imagine like if i go into this hypothetical imaginary world where i want to go pro i have to learn standard modern legacy mm-hmm. i have to own cards at least some borrow cards from people when i yep. get to other states to chase the scg events and yep. like put in all this time effort and energy to try to place top 16 or 32 within 500 people on a weekly basis to be able to cover the cost of the hotel I just stayed in, yeah. not eat, and when it's all said and done, maybe get paid for articles that I wrote, yeah. probably not much, and at the end of the day, maybe I would have made more flipping burgers. Right. Oh, that's that's the insane thing, right? I mean, you look at the prize payouts, like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, first place for the, for the, uh, for the Open was like, what, 5K? Yeah. Which is cool, but I mean, how often are you making that money? You're not doing it every month. Well, right, and not, even at that, how far does 5K actually go? Not that far. I mean, uh, you no, know. No, not, 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 I mean, from, from our, I gotta imagine from our point of view, when you have kids, 5K doesn't go far at all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, <laughs> does, that, doesn't, that doesn't even get my roof done for me, man. I mean, yeah, Jesus, that you know? Yeah. <laughs> D- diapers go fast. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things, too, where, you know, I, I, I'm under no illusion that I'm gonna be some kind of pro, pro magic player. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe, I think even 10 years ago, I don't think I'd have that in mind. I just love to play the game, and I love to, I love to compete, and I like to win, and don't get me wrong, if I ever get a chance to, to day two or top eight and open like that, it would be a very big highlight, but I'm not looking to, to roll that into something else, you know, it's just, I'm gonna mm-hmm. travel in New England and play in New England and get yeah. better, get better here, and, and. I like doing funky fucked up shit with cards that are like cheap. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I don't know if you've ever, I mean, this was, so before Rest in Peace was printed, right, I was doing this this thing that, like, when I started playing again, I started looking up all these combos because I stopped at Fallen Empires, so yep. there was a there was a lot of cards that I missed. Yeah. And and um, so I started looking up strange little interactions, and I started building decks based on some of these weird interactions. Land Tax was unbanned, so I started playing with Land Tax. And I was doing this thing. Have you ever heard of this? Um, I was using Wheel of Sun and Moon with Energy Field. Yeah. No. Okay, so Wheel of Sun and Moon makes it so that whenever a card, it's a, it's two casting costs, both a green-white hybrid. Mm-hmm. So you can use two white or two green. Um, and it's an, it's an enchant player. Yep. Whenever a card would be put in the enchanted player's graveyard, put it at the bottom of their library instead. Okay. Energy field is one blue, one colorless enchantment. Uh, prevent all damage dealt to you by sources you do not control. If a card would be put in your graveyard, sacrifice energy field. <laughs> so, so it's like a pillow fort type of deck where no one, you, you can't get dealt any damage, right? Right. So I don't take any damage unless a card goes in my graveyard, but Wheel of Sun and Moon is stopping that from happening. Right. <laughs> so it was like this really weird, the only, now what it's actually, uh, hosed to is Tendrils of Agony because life loss is not the same as damage. Yep. Yep. But you still have to like fight around these two stupid enchantments that are like doing this, but like they were both like, I think Wheel of Sun and Moon was two bucks, and Energy Field was like six. Yep. You know, and I'm like, let me just play with these cards and fuck around with these a bit. Yeah. And like, and and I'd be playing Land Tax with Scroll Rack, and because that's that was the original Land Tax engine. So Land Tax is um during your upkeep, if you if your opponent has more lands than you do, you can search your library for three basic lands and put them into your hand. Mm-hmm. Scroll Rack is two colorless artifact, one cast um one colorless to, and tap to activate it you could take any number of cards from your hand and put them on top of your put and take any number of cards from your hand set them aside take that many cards from the top of your library put them into your hand put the cards that you removed back on top of your library in any order 
So what happens is with land tax, you're getting three basics. With scroll rack, you use one colorless and do an ancestral recall. (laughs) So like, but but people don't see that because it's not terribly competitive. Right. But when you actually put it into a deck, you're getting like a colorless ancestral recall every turn. Yep. And by the time people realize what you're doing, it's kind of too late. Yeah, yeah, because you got all that card advantage, that engine already going. Yeah, and it's so, like you catch people off guard because they used to play against like, well, this is the top SCG deck, so yep. like, this, yep. you know, but you start catching them with interactions that they that they're not familiar with. Yep, and you start finding out like the strong legacy players who they saw that like ten years ago and they're yeah. familiar with how yeah. to interact with that. But then like, um, what was the other? So I mean, th- like I would play with these cheap cards that had strange interactions and like Isochron Scepter and Orms Chant. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was doing that with land tax for a little bit, and I would keep goblins back because I could just make it so they can't attack. Yep. And, like, it was just, and then when they finally do attack, I'm not taking damage. So it was just really, it, it was fun. It was fun because it was more, it was more creative than just net deck in the top list. Yep. You, yep. you know, and, and I like to see people put their own creativity into it because yeah. it, like, I can chase the pro's deck if I really want to try to go pro right but but that's not my goal right <laughs> like, you're not my, not playing i mean you you play and and the winning the winning is an added benefit right like it's a nice little juice to it but the- winning's an ad- winning is an added benefit right. and i think i think it's you like a lot of times i like one of the things i really get a kick out of about playing magic and about playing legacy specifically is that i have met cooler people across the table yep you know and like that's um when when somebody actually takes their own initiative and their own creativity into a deck, the last thing I want to do is shit on it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I played a uh, when I first came back. So I, I I took a time off from Magic from probably 2002 to to last year, so 2014 or 23rd, whatever it was. And uh, so I got back into it and I started playing some limited. I started playing some standard. And uh, the first standard deck I made because I wasn't sure if I wanted to get fully into it. So made kind of like this little budget brew, this like charging badger deck, and you know charging badger was like this common card from like from Born of the Gods. It's green for a one-one trample, and so and oh, that so that sounds familiar, yeah. So and so what I would do is I just played a bunch of uh, it was basically like a devotion deck. So I'd play a turn one charging badger, and everyone will laugh at me. And then you know there's some unbelievable devotion mechanics that they put in the new set. You know you have uh. Uh, Nykthos, so it's two, two colorless, tap Nykthos, you add, uh, you know, colored mana equal to your devotion to whatever, whatever colored mana you call, so, yeah. playing mono green, so I'm tapping for green, so, you know, I, after, you know, a couple turns, I'll have a few Colonian Tuskers on board that are, you know, all double greens that are, you know, three yeah. threes, and some Swordwise Centaurs that are double green that are, that are three twos, and now I'm t- attacking with a Charging Badger, and, uh, mm-hmm. Aspect of Hydra is in the set as well, and that's, uh, green for an instant, uh, target creature gets plus X plus X, where X is your devotion to green. So now okay. I've I've won games on turn four or five with a nineteen nineteen charging badger, the crippling <laughs> badger. Like that shit is just. Yeah, I played it because it was funny. I played, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I think it's one of those things where if you spend too much time looking at the top decks, looking at MTG Goldfish, watching content, you know, whatever, you lose. You might you you stand the chance of losing that that fun. You know. I think so. Game, right? You know what I mean? I, you, I think so. That's the part where it stops becoming a game and it starts becoming a job. Right, right. And and you know you're you're doing the cast and you're doing the stuff because you enjoy it. You enjoy the creativity and and you know when you when you like I said when you lose that I mean you're kind of losing the heart of the game, right? I mean not everyone is out there to be a pro. I mean you know, I played uh 
on Saturday, I, don't, I didn't tell you this, but on Saturday I was playing in round two. I was in the O one bracket playing, and uh, Brian Brondewin, who's a SEG, you know, uh, yeah. regular, sits down next to me. And he's playing, he's playing miracles or whatever. But I mean, uh-huh. he he's not having any fun. And he does. He's not smiling. I mean, don't get me wrong. He probably enjoys the game, but he's grinding mm-hmm. it out, and he's not really like you know. You see all the pros who are there, and I love. I think they're great. I love watching them. I think they're brilliant. But they don't look like they're having much fun, man. <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta tell you, there's, there's, there's one that sticks in my head, and this is just like my personal, the, the personal, the, the, I don't even know if I want to say personal, but the interaction I had with this guy, mm-hmm. um, and I forget where the hell I was playing. I think it was, I think it was actually Providence, mm-hmm. some legacy event in Providence, and I like got there late, and I wanted to make sure my sleeves weren't beat up, so I sat re-sleeving the deck trying to get it all in new sleeves, yep. and they call round one pairings. So everybody starts going to the board, and I'm trying to sleeve up my Omni Show deck, and it yep. was like Burning Wish Omni Show. And um, sitting next to me is Reed Duke, mm-hmm. and he sees me in a panic, like, and, and he just looks at me. He's like, "Do you want some help with that?" That's awesome. But like, he's got his round one pairings to go to. Yeah. You know what I mean, yep. so like, and I, I always think about that, and I just saw him at SCG Worcester, and I, I wanted like. I don't know how comfortable he'd be with it. That's why I didn't like ask him. But like, yeah. I was so tempted to ask him if he wanted to go up to. Um, Paul Max Diner on Shrewsbury Street yeah. and gets some Italian food because I would have bought him dinner. <laughs> yeah. Just because like he's he's a decent guy and I got to imagine like chasing that grind like that can't be fun in right. and, and times where you're hungry. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, and don't get me wrong, you know, like like BBE was super nice. I talked to him after my game and mm-hmm. he was very cordial and he was nice and I I, I hit him up on Twitter and uh, he had talked about you know finishing wherever he finished and I said yeah hey, I'm glad that you you pulled your way out of the one bracket and did well and and he was nice about it and don't get me wrong those guys are nice I just think. And you know that credit credit. Some to, of them are. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, sure. I mean, I mean that's that's anywhere, right? But like, right, right. Credit to Reed Duke for being for being a good dude, right? But at the yeah. and at the same time too, and I wanted to mention this, like, it's you know you guys do this cast, right? You guys do this podcast, and you put it out there, and you don't really think about who's listening to it, right? But for me, I listen to it. I listen to it basically every week, almost uninterrupted, because I I usually listen to it when I'm at work, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and. uh I, I I work at uh, Whole Foods and I I'm, I run okay yeah I run, I run their seafood team I'm the seafood team leader in Providence um and I, so I, I'm just laughing because Whole Foods is supposed to be expensive and I think that's where Armsby Abbey gets their food from and <laughs> Jerry keeps pushing Armsby Abbey and I'm like dude that place is just too expensive yeah. to me. so 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 anyway I I work the seafood case so I I go in there and most days I'm I'm setting up the case so you know between like 5 a.m. and 8 a.m. I'm just setting the seafood case by myself. So I got my headphones and I'm listening to Cass. So it's funny because every day, you know, every time I listen to you guys, it's kind of like I'm listening to, you know, I'm listening to a conversation of friends. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, yeah. I feel like I know you guys a little bit. And mm-hmm. it's just funny because, you know, you kind of feel like, hey, like, Reed Duke had this impression on me. You know, like, he, it was this real small interaction. Didn't really mean a whole lot to him. He was just being good guy Reed Duke, right? Yeah. And, and, but for you, it's like, hey, like, that kind of shows a little bit of, of, of his colors, you know, and it's just kind of yeah, funny, like yeah. being on that sideline. Like, I bet he, I bet he wouldn't be taken aback because he probably knows what that's like to be, you know, because for the longest time he was a he was a uh, Magic Online grinder. That's how we got on the Pro Tour. Like that's where he made his name. Like he he was just grinding Magic Online. So he probably was in a very a similar spot where he's just a really good player, and uh, you know, just you just kind of you can have that effect on people where, uh, you know, just just something that you do in general. It doesn't have to be. You know, a good nature or whatever. You're just doing it because it's the right thing to do. It's what you do. Right. It can have a pretty, pretty big impact on someone. And that's that's the thing. Like, um, you know, I I try to acknowledge when people are good people just for the sake of being good people. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this. 
not everybody in the world is there. And, like, usually the people, um, I don't know, maybe people get callous when they get older. Maybe they just become more social when they get older. But yeah. I, I think a lot of the, and, and that's probably why I don't get so much into standard, is it seems like, you know, a lot of the younger guys are just more um, self-absorbed. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, you know, you're, you're just, you, they haven't done, I mean, they, they haven't had the experiences that, that, that I've had, you know what I mean? Right. I, I, there was, uh, not that long ago, and I'm, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but this is just something I can share that I remember. Um, yep. I was playing at TJ Collectibles. That's where I played most of my, most of my stuff because it's down the street from me in Milford. And, uh, they're a competitive store. They do a lot of the organization in the area. Um, they did, yeah. they did Atlantic City. They're doing GB Providence, all that stuff. So. Yeah, they, they did GP Boston. Yep. My, yep. Buddy, my, my buddy Flip works there. Yeah, they did. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I know Flip. And anyway, so, I'm playing and um, I'm playing F and M and I go against this kid round one. And he sits down and uh, I can't remember what he's playing, but he's got a stack of about 80 cards, uh, mm-hmm. unsleeved, and which uh, is kind of a, you know kind of rare because it's a little bit of a competitive shop. And, mm-hmm. uh, he just starts playing cards across from me that aren't even in standard. So I, I call okay. Judge over because that's you know my job or whatever. And uh-huh. so so I'm like, hey, he like. So he doesn't, you know, he has a deck. He's got a deck mashed together, probably just like I did when I was his age, when I went to my first tournament. It wasn't an yeah. FNM, it was just a tournament store. And mm-hmm. he's got no clue what's going on. He just he just wants to play the game. So right. I took, you know, myself and, uh, uh, you remember, you know Nick Ferno, right? You played with him at, uh. Yeah, yeah. He, so, he was doing slivers last yeah, time I saw him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so Nick's there. He plays standard there too with me. And, uh, so we're there and, you know, I, I had like a, tier two like mono green deck that I had in my backpack that I wasn't playing anymore that was still standard legal so him and I pulled all our cards together and made the kid like a a little mono green you know rampy standard deck you know something he could play yeah yeah something he could play the rest of the night you know what I mean the kid walked out of there smiling and I I didn't see him again like I haven't been back to the store very much since then but you know I hope that like that leaves an impression on him but I was just doing something that I hope someone would do for me or for my yep. in that position, you know, if my son goes up, grows up and plays magic, like it'd be cool to someone be like, "Hey, man, let me help you out a little bit, give you a bunch of commons and uncommons and a couple dollar rares, and like go f- have fun," you know. Here's a little, here's a little uh, story that's kind of similar, I guess maybe. Um, now, when you played against High Tide, how wh- how did it, what was its win condition? Did you remember seeing it? It was yeah. So he had two win conditions. Um, the f- one was he could. Play, uh, oh shit, I can't even remember what card it was. But one, did it, what, did it mill you, yeah. mill you with a storm count? He could mill me with a storm count, and then he had another okay. one that was, that was, uh, that was, um, a damage. I don't know, I can't remember what spell it was, a damage. But he had a, a damage spell as well, so he could feel me, I don't know if it was. Oh, great shot, probably. Yeah, maybe, yeah. So. If he had access to red, yeah. Yeah, so, some, something like that. So something where he can, you know, deal me damage, and, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, it, came, it only came up because, you know, after he milled me, he saw that I, you know, I was like, oh, well, it's a good thing you did that because I had burn spells in hand and, and can react to that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, that was his, that was his win condition. He had, he had two of them. Okay. So there was, there's a, there's a guy that used to play high tide. And, uh, one day, this mom and this kid show up at the store. Mm-hmm. And the mom's bringing her son so that he could play legacy. Yep. And so that, now this kid, he's just going into a legacy event. He's like 12 years old, you know, and he's in a room full of like, um, Miracles and fucking bug and like really strong competitive decks. Yep. So he goes into this room. He's going to play Legacy, and he's got his zombie deck <laughs> because he's like a twelve-year-old just wants to play the game. Yep. He doesn't like all his cards aren't standard legal, and this is where he can play. Yep. So his mom brings him to play this game. So he's playing against this kid that's playing High Tide, and the guy playing High Tide is like building up a storm count. 
and he's getting highly animated because he, he has to build up such a storm count to mill out this kid's 100-card zombie deck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he starts, like, um, really unsportsmanly, but, yeah. like, even rude. Like, uh, uh, like he, he was yelling at the kid, but not, like... I mean, if if that was my son, I don't know that I'd bring him fucking back yet. Right. You know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. Like, the kid just wants to play a zombie deck. Yep. You're playing high tide. You don't have to be a dick. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, but and I haven't seen the kid come back, and I don't yeah. really necessarily blame him. Don't get me wrong. Like, I want to win. Like, I'm, I'm a Spike, right? Like, you know, the psychographics of Magic, you have Timmy, Johnny, Spike. I'm a Spike. Like, I like to win. Don't get me, I, I have a lot yeah. of the others in me. But, like, I mean, beyond that, beyond, like, playing Magic, man, I'm just, like, I'm a human, like, I'm a dad, I'm a son, you know, like, I just want to grow this community that we have, and, like, I was yeah. really excited coming back to the game, like, you know, my, I told you, my buddy's like, hey, come on, let's play, let's play Commander, and long story short, screw that format, I couldn't do it, <laughs> but I got back into the format, and I'm like, oh, you know, like, I've been buying some Magic cards online, like, I'll go to a draft at TJ's, like, I've never been to the store, I've never, I've never even done a freaking draft before, so I go, yeah. and I start playing a weekly draft, I'm like, man, this is fun, like, there's a cool community here, like, there's cool people, like, then I start getting into podcasts, and, like, so, so I remember being a kid, and, like, you know, all that was out there was the freaking the Duelist. That wasn't even really an online Spry presence. magazine, yeah. Yeah, Spry. Yeah, I used to read The Duelist, and, and, uh, and, you know, and most of that stuff was way over my head because I was still pretty young, but, I mean, now you go online, and, like, there's just, there's just, you know, crazy amount of groups, and just unbelievable. There's just a, there's a social kind of, you know, aspect of this game, and, like, if you're not building that man playing at a friggin' f and M, like, what are you doing with your life, you know, like, Right. Trying to, are we trying to win some packs? Like, I mean, come on, you know. I, that's that's part of like that's part of my thing too. Is like, um, you know, and I, like, I used to like playing years ago, me and my buddies and all that. And I got, I kind of get into this. I got a little Vorthos back then, where like, like back in the day, I just loved playing Thrall decks with Lord of the Pit. Now Grizzlebrand's just better. Yeah. Um, but so I still, the, when I play Tin Fins, it is like, you know, I sold my soul to the demon. Um, <laughs> so there's a little bit of Orthos there, but I still love Storm decks. I still love combo decks. I love to play combo decks, and I still I love to win. Yep. Um, but I also, like, when I'm playing Tin Fins, it's a turn one deck. Right. Like, most of the times I will kill somebody turn one, maybe turn two, yep. unless they can interact with me. Sometimes when I sit across from somebody... I want to apologize before I sit down because I, I, but it's it's because I acknowledge that there's a person on the other side of the table. Yeah, of course. You know, and there's sometimes I play like there's a kid that um, I'll play against sometimes who, when Treasure Cruise was printed, suddenly showed up instead of playing Blue Red Delver. Yep. And he was like, he was not interactive. Like his deck might have been interactive, but he wasn't. Right. And like he's he's kind of a, um. He's, uh, how can I put it? And of course, most people who play Magic, uh, maybe that's not even the right fucking terminology. Some people who play Magic are highly socially awkward. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a game that lends itself, I mean, to the, to people who are more prone to be kind of social outcasts. Not that everyone is, because there are guys who play Magic who are more of an extrovert than I am. But sure. there are, you know, it's, it's, it's a game that accepts that accepts all, right? Like, I mean, I, you know... You'd like to think so. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are there is, uh, you know... Like, I, one of the podcasts I got into was uh, was uh, Aaron Campbell's uh, The Deck Tease yeah. podcast, right? Uh-huh. And yeah. and she's on another podcast called The Girl from Bracket, whatever. And she's she, she's a transgender Magic player, and I've met more than one... More, more transgender Magic players I've met, you know, playing Magic than I've met just in everyday life, you know what I mean? It's, right. So it's certainly, yeah, you, it's absolutely, like you said, it's a culmination of, you know, kind of people who are... 
uh, you know, mar- sometimes marginalized by the rest of society are kind of drawn to this game. Sure, and then, and then they could be marginalized in this game also. Yeah. Well, oh that's, yeah, that's, that's uh, also unfortunate. It is. I, I think. I hope. I hope that we're heading in a better direction with that stuff. But yeah, that's that is that is just a fact, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, people have people have their personal opinions and personal interactions with people anyway. Sure. You know, I just when I when I sit down and I'm playing a turn one deck, a lot of times I feel like I need to apologize to my because I acknowledge <laughs> that there's a person on the other side of the table. Sure. Sometimes. Sometimes I know the person on the other side of the table. And I'm really not apologetic. Yeah, yeah. But but right. that's that's a different thing. That's usually that's, not. Then you have background information on the person. You know who they are. Don't, yeah, it's, you know, it's, not, it's usually it's usually post, not pre. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. It's you know it's one of those things where you know it's just you know you yeah you, the, you don't get along with everybody. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have to. Like that's life, right? right. I mean, where yeah. else? Like there are people who I don't like, and uh, that's okay. You know, I'm yep. civil, and that's that's all I need to be. But people yeah. I don't know, I try to be. Pretty amicable too, because that's just the kind of the way I am, you know. Yep, and sometimes you end up, you know, sometimes you end up. Um, this this uh, one of the guys at work. Um, we get into a little. That's actually happened a couple of times with different guys. Anyway, we get into some sort of a uh, argument, whatever, on something, and I'll drop it, and then like a while later, we end up getting along. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't because I don't take things, I don't take things personal to heart for an extended period of time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's not that's not healthy. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? But when I get to when I get the chance to like meet somebody and encourage them, mm-hmm. that feels good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, I, man. Absolutely. I, I think it, it feels better to bring somebody up than to tear somebody down. Yeah. It's too easy to tear somebody down. Yep. yep. And, and it's never lasting. But it's, like, it's funny it's, that you say that though, because I think you're talking from a place of experience. Like I feel the same way because I'm you know I'm almost 30 years old. I'm an adult. Like I've been through a lot of the crappy stuff that kids have to go through and like I don't want to put other people through that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yep. And um well. <laughs> Get a little deep here today, but Yeah, I know. Most of this I'm probably gonna end up uh <laughs> I'll, I'll probably end up tailing this on afterwards if you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Holy shit, I've been at this for like two and a half hours now. I'm gonna have a lot of fucking editing to do. Did you um <laughs> did you and Jerry get to talk about his run? Because I, I I was a little bit bummed I had to miss out on the first part of it, but I don't even remember. I think we did. Yeah, okay. we talked about his run and my run. All right, I mean, good, good, good. Like, I ended up playing against, I played, I had the head judge three fucking times, or actually two times. I had three judge calls, twice oh, involved geez. the head judge. And like, you know, once it was me and like the other two, like once it was by my request, the yep. other two times it was like, I just fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just fucked up. I haven't played Shardless Bug in almost a year, and I just threw it back together real quick for the tournament, and then like, I forgot how much fun this deck is to play. Yeah. Oh, and and I forgot like, I forgot what it's like to play a deck that has such a good matchup against miracles. Yep. Like I I just went in with Shardless Bug figure and I'm gonna hedge my bets and build it against Bug Delver miracles with enough sideboard tech for elves, mm-hmm. and I'll just fold to burn, <laughs> fold, and I'm gonna fold the fucking Blood Moon. Yep. And hopefully yep. I just uh, hopefully I avoid them all day. Yeah. And. uh but it was actually really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I can't. I know I've said it, kind of beat it at a horse here, but I had a freaking blast meeting up with you guys and playing Legacy, and and uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. Yeah, it's a great format, good people there, and you know. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it. Man. I did. And, I, uh, I, if, if, do you have do you use Cockatrice at all? Um, I've used X Mage very briefly, only like once or twice, and I found it to be even more cumbersome than Magic Online, just because it's like one of those things where. Magic Online, like, you have to learn the program. Like, there's no good, like, tutorial on how to use it. And X-Mage is the same way. But 
I've heard good things about Cockatrice, and I'm I would be into like trying it out and trying to learn it. Yeah, I gotta see if I can. I'm trying to figure out how to update the card file on it. But, yeah. Uh, I'm probably gonna fuck around on Cockatrice a little bit more. And the thing with Cockatrice is it, it doesn't hold the rules. So like, it's up to really you and your opponent on Cockatrice oh. to hold the rules. And like, so one of the things with Tinfins, so Tinfins is a, is a deck, and and if you knew, you're probably not familiar with it at all. Yeah. Because nobody's ever fucking familiar with it. But if yeah. you ever want to <laughs> learn about decks, check out MTG the Source and look under Legacy. Okay. And the the funny thing about it is that when you start looking at a deck, you'll start recognizing people, and then kind of like you know the community of Legacy players, you end up with a community of people that play a certain deck. Mm-hmm. Like they they just really. For whatever reason, that's their pet deck, that's yeah. something that they're working on, whatever it is. Yep. And of course, there's a huge fucking community of people that play Miracles because they follow the net deck type thing. Yeah. Right? But then there's these, these like, side niche decks, and Tinfins is one of these decks. So, Reanimator does just what you'd think. It reanimates a creature, mm-hmm. usually Gristlebrand, and fucking sits with it. Yep. Tinfins is based off some sort of, um, C-Lab 2012 cartoon. Okay. Where they, they made, the guy made a fucking monster and named it Tinfins. <laughs> so somebody made this deck that just abuses the piss out of Grizzlebrand. <laughs> and, and they call the deck Tinfins. Yeah. So there's two cards that it functions on. One is Gorio's Vengeance, yep. which is used in modern. I don't know if you know what that is. Yeah, I, I, you guys talk about it a lot in the cast. Yeah, I love Okay, alright. Oh yeah, okay, and Shallow Grave. Yeah. Well, so, um, all right, then, yeah, I guess I forgot that people listen to the camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, so, like, there's a community of people that, like, play Tinfins that I end up uh, getting involved with. One of them was Pomegranate. Uh, one of them is Logan Crean out of Missouri. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's a, there's a handful of people that play this deck, and that's, like, another little... So, within the legacy culture and legacy community, there ends up being subcultures and sub-communities also. Yeah. And, and it's kind of cool when they're all on an edge deck because... It's, it feels like it's more individualized. Right. You know, like, like, yeah, I could be one of 7,000 that likes to play Miracles, or yep. I could be one of 400 that likes to play Dredge. Right. And you say likes to play Miracles, like, I think people are, a lot of people play it because it's the best deck, right? Like, they might not like playing it. I look at Miracles, I looked at, I watched a lot of YouTube videos of, you know, on burn matchups, and I saw a Miracles video, I wanted to throw up, it looked like such a boring, like, I just can't it imagine is. that's fun to, I don't know, just that, that kind of game is not the game I want to play. Well, here's, and here's the thing for me is, like, I mean, I could put the deck together, um, one way or another. I could, like, I could put the Stoneforge version together, probably. Maybe the Ponder version, but, like, I smoke. <laughs> That's not a deck a smoker wants to play. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, when, when I was playing Shardless Bug, it's because I quit smoking. Yeah. And, and like, it was good. It could keep me busy for an hour. Like, yeah. when I started smoking again, I'm like, yeah, Tinfins is a good five minute deck. <laughs> like, this, it's like, but, like you're going to lose in the first two, couple turns and. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so. No, I appreciate it. I, I, you know, if, if you guys. Would have me on more, I would be 100% up for it. Um, no, I'm, I'm fucking cool with it. And, and, you know, I know there's times where, like, Jerry likes to have three people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry likes to try to have more than just me and him so that there's more interaction. And, like, <laughs> I think I think it's fucking cool anyway because there's times where, like, if if you if you even, like, stop and say, wait, 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 wait what's that card do? Yep. That's a perfect fucking opportunity to explain what that card does. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I it, I definitely find that sometimes, and this is not a criticism, it's just a, an observation. Sometimes I listen to the cast, I do, like, pull my phone out and I pause it and I'm like, all right, let me look up that card, see what it does real quick so I can, yeah. you know, I can yeah. follow what these guys are doing because I think you guys have so much, so much experience with the format and you talk about it so, you know... Casually. So, yeah, casually, but very fluently, too. Like, you guys are both, like... 
you know, just very well versed in the format, and 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 so I think it lends very it, it lends very easily to to listening to the podcast, but. Newbies like me, uh, you know, sometimes I'm looking up cards. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. Like, I like it because I'm like, hey, this is something I know now, you know, or have yeah, better. It, no, yeah. it can be a little daunting. Yeah. I mean, there's there's only fucking 13,000 cards <laughs> in the format. <laughs> you know, like, but there's certain things where, like, even if there's certain interactions where you go, well, wait, how does that, you know, why why would that interaction yeah. actually matter? Well, against this matchup, it kind of matters like that. Like, there's certain things that you don't know until you ask, you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I, I like to think, I mean, I don't. I'm not, um, you know, I've been playing against since Innistrad, but I primarily, specifically, just play Legacy. Mm-hmm. Jer- Jerry's been playing probably since Onslaught, but he kind of plays a bunch of different formats, but yep. he does well. Yep. Um, he also, like, he does shit that's not fucking normal. And, like, he gets away with it. He top decks like a fucking champ. Yeah. Like, he, he plays he plays Dark Confidant with Emrakul. Oh, God. Like, and, and he does it bravely. That's, <laughs> he's like, oh, that's no problem. That's pretty... <laughs> he's like, top deck, oh, land, and then, that's, like, drop a turn. Oh, it's just, Emrakul. It's probably why I play just a tip all the time, his balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he, he, he does some... Uh, he does some questionable stuff, but he does it like he's just got the luck of the Irish, you know. Yeah. Um, but he get he gets away with it, so it's it's cool. But yeah. you know, it's it's nice if uh, you know, that there may be certain cards that like suddenly like if it, chances are, let me let me fucking see here. What set is this from? Or is this Legacy? All right, Engineered Plague is a good fucking card against <laughs> elves and against like True Name Nemesis, but yeah. no nobody would realize that unless they go, well, why? What's Engineered Plague? Yeah, you know what I mean, um, and it's just for the record. It's you know what it is. Uh, I'm actually looking it up right now. <laughs> okay, so it's one black, two colorless enchantment. When engineered plague comes into play, choose a creature type. All creatures of the chosen type get minus one, minus one. Oh yeah. So, so you cast it in name elves, and it fucks up an elf deck. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Or you cast it in name merfolk or rogue, and it takes out a true name nemesis. Yeah, because it doesn't target. Right, you cast it in name wizard and exor snapcaster mage and fucking delver secrets. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a really it's decent. Yeah, it's a decent card. And it's usually if you play black, it usually comes in against elf decks. Is it a side, mainly sideboard card? Yeah, I'll keep okay. it in the sideboard. And then I actually had dread of night also in the sideboard, which is one black uh, enchantment. White creatures get minus one minus one. Because the thing with like what I've been seeing now lately with uh, some of the miracles decks is they're using monastery mentor. Yep. And they work in prowess by cycling tops. But all those tokens come out as one ones, so it kills them before they actually get prowess anyway. Oh shit. <laughs> but it's actually like against death and taxes. The yep. thing with Thalia is that if you try to abrupt decay Thalia, they use Mother of Runes to give it protection from black. Uh-huh. And then the abrupt decay is counted on resolution. But like you can get rid of the Mother of Runes with a Dreadonite. And huh. Thalia. That's... So like, there's like certain cards that are sideboard, but like I, I got to acknowledge that you know not everybody realizes these cards. You yeah. Know, that there's pe- that there's people who are just starting to play Legacy, and, and it'd be cool if if there's anything that I know that might be fucking helpful or useful or fucking cool to think about. Yep. That I'd share it with anybody who's willing to ask. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, my six month old is that he's like at that, at that point in life where he's just figuring out what the hell his hands do, so he's simply ah. just pacifier back in his mouth. <laughs> Is he, uh, yeah. is he, is he already teething? Oh, uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he's big. I had to give him some, uh, some, like, t- baby Tylenol before bed tonight, cause. Okay, yep. Yeah, it's a fun time. Man, you know, so my, my son's 12. Yep. I, I have one, um, I have one biological, my son's 12. Yep. And then Lita's got 10 years on me, so I have a stepson who's 22. Mm-hmm. And then a stepdaughter who's 21? Yep. 20? And, uh, 
But like my son's 12 and it's been a long time since he was six months old asleep on my chest. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the fucking best. And it, you know, it's so funny that you say that because like I have a three, I have a three year old, Liam, he's my oldest. Yeah. And, uh, I remember, you know, I remember him and I, like we would just hang out because my wife has always worked nights for the most part. I work days so that we don't have to do babysitter thing. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd feed him his last bottle and like just have him on my lap and we'd just like, you know, he'd fall asleep on me and I'd watch TV and sometimes like I'd be holding him for like an extra half hour, 45 minutes after he's passed out, like, just because it's great, you know, and like it's, that. it's it's it is the it, it's the epitome of trust. It's yeah. the, it's it's the most I don't know. It's the most trusting experience I've oh, yeah. had in this world. Oh yeah, it's the fucking best. Yeah, it really is. I do that, and I I was just gonna say I do the same thing with with Luke. You know, he puts mm-hmm. to sleep, and I'll hold him for a half hour, forty five minutes, sometimes longer than that, just because he's just chilled out, and I'm holding him, and it's fine, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's like it's it's nothing that got me racing out to have more. Yeah. But but like now I'm at that point where somebody bring me a grandson soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I just I miss that yeah. shit. It's so funny because I went over to my boss's house one day for like Thanksgiving or something, yep. and he had just had a baby. So and like now they got three kids. Yeah. And 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 somebody's walking around with the baby. I'm like, oh well, let me take the baby for a minute. And I start walking. I'm bouncing a little bit with the baby, and then I sit on the couch, and like the baby starts to nod off. And my boss's wife comes over. She's like, what are you like the baby whisperer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is they're awesome. Because it's and, and you know we were kind of talking about it last week. It's it's so cool because I think um, you know a lot of times in society uh, fathers get a really bad role yeah because because of what's promoted yeah but you know it's it's and of course like there shouldn't be the need for like well look at this guy he's a good father like right. that should that, that shouldn't be a necessity that should just be it should just be that's understood the, and okay it's just default, kind of the right? norm that's the default like. Dads, well, I think, you know, I think we're at an interesting time, too, where um, certainly, like, you know, like, I had a great dad, and, like, I have nothing bad to say about him, but his generation, and this doesn't apply to him, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but, like, you know, a previous generation, like, the father is the, the breadwinner, he's going to the office and making the money, and the mom's, like, the caretaker, and, and, but I think that we're at this point in, you know, our generation, like, the Gen X, Gen Y, where, fathers are kind of taking a little bit more of a proactive role in raising the kids and you know like my wife and I work split opposite shifts which sucks for us like as as partners but it's mm-hmm. best for our kids and it's awesome for us at the same time because we get to see all that stuff that happens you know like we get to see them right, their right. steps and you know they're not at a daycare all the time because we can you know we're lucky enough not to have to do that so yeah, oh. and after a few years when the kids are in elementary school, you guys can actually go back to work in similar shifts and stuff yeah. for them all. Oh yeah, I can't wait for that. We've been doing yeah. we've been doing the opposite shift thing for since you know since just before Liam was born. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's rough, but it, you know it's it's what works for us and yeah, it's ne- it's just necessary for yep. now. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like you know, for me, I grew like I grew up differently. I grew up a single mother, and I didn't meet my father till I was twenty one. Yep, and, and um. When I when I finally met him, I realized I was much better off having never known him. Yeah, but funny how that uh, works. Funny how that works out sometimes, you know. Well, what's 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 interesting is the complete. Um, I try to be the complete opposite of what my father was, or you know, really anything I do for my son is more than my father did for me. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the generic way to look at it. Yeah. But me and uh, my son's mother, we haven't been to court since he was like six months old. Yep. I just pay her child support direct. We don't even go through DOR. Yep. When I when I make more, I pay her more. Yep. And and like we haven't had to go back to court in over a decade. Yeah. Which which we we also have like a really a really good friendship. That it, most people don't. Right, and that's the thing too is like a lot of times you know like my parents got divorced when I was younger, probably like second or third grade they split up, 
And mm-hmm. uh, my dad was always close. Like, he always lived, you know, just a few miles down the road. So it's not like he took off on us or anything. And he was always, okay. he was always there for us. Um, but, you know, not everyone has that situation. Like, my parents did not like each other, especially when I was younger. They didn't, they didn't get along at all. But my dad was always, I remember him, always, he always would pay child support and he was always good about that. And my mom, you know, never made it an issue. And not everyone's like that. Some people have to get chased down for that stuff. And it's cool that you view it as, Supporting your kid and not supporting an ex-wife or an ex-partner or whatever, because I think yeah, they, well, a lot of it I try to just mind my business. Yep, like, well, you know, I, I I pay her and whatever she does with it isn't my fucking business. Yep, yep. You know, yeah, and there's also um, so there's also uh, you know, me and her, we have we have, I try, I mean, I give her a lot of fucking credit mm. for putting up my, with my crazy ass. <laughs> the, um, we we. I also try to keep an open friendship with her and open communication because I don't want my son trying to play path of least resistance. Oh yeah, for sure. Mom against dad and shit. For sure. I, I don't want him getting into that. So a lot of times, like I was watching Daredevil with him, and then episode three, I started. I'm like, all right, this is getting a little violent, and I <laughs> shut it off. And then I, I told her, I'm like, I was watching this with him, and I shut it off. So if he starts trying to watch it at home, you can acknowledge where it's coming from. Yep. That that I don't really support him watching it. Yep. But. If he's trying to get around it by like, well, dad, let me watch it, right. you know. Oh, yeah, that's. Squash that shit. Yeah, yeah. So I try, I try to keep an open communication yeah. with her, which is kind of interesting because I'm under the impression a lot of guys don't do that, but, you know, when they're, when they're separated like that. Yeah. It's, it, t- it's, it's, it's tough. You want to be the good guy. You want to be the guy that's giving them everything they want, and that's just not always right for the kids either, you know? Well, the other thing that's kind of neat was, you know, so we went, I mean, we, originally we did go to court, mm-hmm. and, and they wanted me to take, um, you know, father, fathering classes at like St. Vincent's or whatever, mm-hmm. where, where they really taught me, I think, how to change a diaper, yeah. and like, how to warm up a bottle. Yeah. But, but then I ended up getting involved with the MSPCC. Yep. Yeah, you, you ever hear of them? No. It's the Massachusetts Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. Okay. And they have a whole fatherhood program. And, and, like, I got involved with the guys that were doing that, and my attorneys are saying, you don't need to do all that. And, like, that's all right. It's working for me anyway, because I didn't have a father teaching me how to be a father. Yeah. You know, so I just got involved with these guys, and, like, it was, it was, um, it was really interesting. It was really good, and the attorneys were like, well, then, you know, we can't really pick fucking things about <laughs> you, so, yeah. sure. And, uh, yeah, it's just been kind of interesting since, but it's, 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 it's interesting. It's nice to try to see, fatherhood in general go in a more positive direction yeah absolutely absolutely you know i think that there's a lot of like i don't know if you saw, oh my god the fucking cartoon was funny i don't know if you ever saw that shit but there was like a husband and a wife that was sitting at a kitchen table i think i saw this comic on facebook yeah it was so funny and the, and the guy's talking about tom brady's suspension he's like four games for deflating the balls is bullshit the wife's like yeah if, if he had deflated them in an elevator he would have only got two right yeah oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm like man that was fucking classic yeah right there. yeah but yeah, fatherhood, I, I think, you know, there's definitely a, been a homogenization of fatherhood and motherhood. I think in our, in our recent years, you know what I mean, where, like, the mom's doing dad stuff, you know, what's considered dad stuff, the dad's doing what's considered mom stuff, and like, yeah, that, that's, that's a good thing to me, you know, I don't think, I don't really believe in traditional roles, like, in traditional households don't really need to exist, like, in the, you know, the way that we live now, like, it's just, it does it's not necessary. You know, there's no. I, I don't think you can actually do a traditional household anymore. Like, I mean, traditional household to me, I picture like the fifties. Yeah. But the, I, I can't see a house surviving on a single income. No, I mean, not like unless, the, not unless you're like looking at like you know the the like the top one percent of earners in the U.S. Like that's a different story. But yeah, for the most of us, for most of us, I think. Uh, you know, yeah, for real people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for, you know it, it, everyone's working and and. 
and making their way. And, you know, it's, I, I, I'm okay with it. You know, I think it's, I like, I like where, you know, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned like, you know, the fatherhood thing, because people will see a dad like playing with their kids and like, you'll hear remarks of like, Oh, what a good daddy is, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, he's just like doing what a dad should do. Right. Like he's not reading the paper off, you know, smoking a cigar. He's like hanging out with his kids and being a father. And, you know, it's like, uh, you know, yeah. yeah, and then sometimes I want to do I want to do some more of that. Like I know uh, my son wants to go camping again. Yep. And I like I I like take, taking him camping. Last time it wasn't actually intentional. I took him like I used to be a Boy Scout. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so there, there's times where like that's just part of my survival. Like you know, so uh, me and Lita got into a fight and I moved up to a campground for a couple of weeks. So I got my son. I'm like, all right, we're going camping. <laughs> actually, and like and we're accidentally he, camping. <laughs> He loved it. He wants to go again. <laughs> I'm like, all right, now I just gotta go find a tent. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, and it's it's. I think it's. You know, even even like where I play, uh, sometimes I don't come across other dads too often. So I like to like, you know, acknowledge, be able to communicate with other MTG dads too. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing too. Is like, um, you know, it's pretty unique because I don't know a lot of guys who I know Nick. You know what I mean? I know he's got two two kids. I think. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you've ever met Lily, but she's a little firecracker. She's actually pretty good at magic. I don't, uh, oh yeah, I actually I think I did meet his daughter up in Spencer. She's like yeah. ten or ten, I think. And mm-hmm. I remember, you know, like when I first started going to TJ's, she was like, you know, playing like the typical like big, you know, wants to play every shivering worm she comes across, and and uh, you know now she's like running little like standard type combos, and and it's cool, man. It's cool to see that kids come up like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think the last one of the last standard decks I actually put together because I used to go to Wonderland Comics in Putnam and I draft and they do the twenty percent off singles if you registered for the draft. Yeah, you told me I'm gonna I have to take them up on that because that is a that is a sweet deal. Yeah, so yeah, maybe I'll even meet up with you down there sometime. Yeah, um, but the uh, I, I'd go down there and uh, I, so I would end up with a whole bunch of draft cards. So like I'd make a standard deck out of things that were pretty good in draft. So I do like the last standard deck I think I put together was like Bog Brew Witch. Um, Bog Brew Witch, Bubbling Cauldron, and the uh, uh, well, and the Newt. Yeah, Vesper Newt. Was it Vesper? Yeah, yeah. And then I would use um, Angelica Cord and Trading Post <laughs> and Tenacious Dead. Yep. And, and it turned out Tenacious Dead was really good against Desecration Demon. Like people would get yep. pissed. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so you were playing Standard just before I, because it sounds like you were like at the end of Ravnica playing Standard. Yeah, and right around I got it like, just as Theros block was. So like I was in like in Born of the Gods, so the second sentence in the Theros block. And that's the that's the thing is like when it was when Ravnica was out and there were Shocklands, I was drafting like a fucking maniac. Yeah, why wouldn't you, right? Like, but, but then like I had a collection of Shocklands, and I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll just sell them. So I sold them all. <laughs> and then Fetchlands were getting printed. I'm like, I should start drafting again. And I don't <laughs> think I've done. I don't think I've done a cons draft. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Cons is a good draft. I, I bought a box of cons when it came out because I'm like, hey, Fetchlands, like, dude, that's just money. That's straight money. I think one of the first packs I opened was a foil windswept teeth. And, uh, I did not hold on to it, sadly. I wish I had, but um, yeah. I traded it away for something else. But yeah, I mean, I'm digging playing. I'm hoping that, you know, I'm sure you know, like, Battle for Zendikar comes out in the fall, I believe. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping they get back to the, uh, the other shock, the other, uh, fetches, fetches. that were in the original Zendikar. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm curious. I'm curious if they would actually do that in standard. Like, would they would they would they have all ten fetches all in standard? Ten. I, mean, I don't know. That's the other argument too that they'll that they'll avoid that. But I mean, it's not like they're running any very powerful dual lands right now anyway. Yeah, I mean, fetching, I, like, fetching for a basic, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm not terribly sure if they do that. And and again, I don't want to 
I mean, we could we could speculate with Jerry Moore, I guess, but the, <laughs> you know, I'm sure he'd love to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, what I'm actually kind of tempted, like, what I end up doing, like right now. Mm-hmm. So I have my whole collection. I've been debating if I want to sell it and stuff. And it's not, you know, I'm, I'm at one of the TJ events in Worcester. I sold my onslaught fetches and my dark confidence, and then like. I sold them for a lot, and then they ended up getting reprinted a little while later. Mm-hmm. The only downside was I was playing Shardless Bug with Verdant Catacombs and Misty Rainforest, so I was weaker to a pything needle. Sure. But nobody knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, nobody realized it, and then uh, it turned out it didn't really matter. Yeah, isn't that like, funny no, how that works? <laughs> yeah, nobody's bringing in a pything needle for my fucking fetch lands. They're probably more worried about my wasteland. <laughs> I, when, I when I was playing Monogreen Standard, I, I ran uh, three pything needle in the sideboard against... Uh, Against uh, mono black devotion for uh, okay pack okay rat. pack rat pack yeah. rat was great just nip, just blind snapping out blind on on turn one Pythonial naming black rat was was a uh, name of pack rat was pretty sweet so dude I, I played a grand prix trial that's the only time I've ever seen a pack rat in legacy yep and, and like the kid was looked at the guy next to him he's like you were right oh that's so good in my deck because <laughs> like I, he might have beat me game two I don't know yeah or, but like I was playing tin fins yep. So I think he started with like a turn one Raven's Crime. Mm-hmm. I just discarded Grizzlebrand. He passed the turn and I killed him. <laughs> I'm like, like, that was such a bad idea. <laughs> you know, like, this other guy was playing Omni Show and he cast Show and Tell with Omniscience and nothing to back it up. I happen to have Grizzlebrand in hand. I put it in play. He passed the turn and I killed him. <laughs> like this fucking like some people just are not familiar with Tin Fins. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, but, that is pretty funny. It's 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 the neat thing too when you play a, like off the beaten path deck, whether it's because your resources are limited, or because you just feel like doing something innovative. Yep. Or, you know, but when you catch people off guard because they only know the top eight decks. Right. <laughs> you're like, all right, well, like so, I, you know, I I kind of knew some matchups, but I definitely got you know, like I didn't, I knew some matchups, like I, I knowing like as far as like knowing what their game plan was, but not knowing my sideboard plan. But mm-hmm. you know, you just. Like you guys are talking about decks and seeing decks, and I—I I mean, I didn't expect to really see Murfolk, to be honest with you. And I played against a Murfolk uh, deck, so it was—it was cool. It was cool. I was—I was—I was tempted to play Murfolk. Really? It's just it—it it beats up on blue decks, and there's so many blue decks. True Name is yep. so good, and it's such a good card. Oh yeah, yeah. True Name's good in that deck. It's like, when you get a jit on it. Oh, I lost to that in game two. I think game one or game two. Yeah, against Burn, it's just lifelike. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's just, exactly. It's really good, yeah. but. uh Let's see. It's almost 10 o'clock. I want to see if Lita wants to go for a walk. She gave me a call when she got home. I should see if she wants to spend a little time. But um, That sounds good. i got to be up at... I'm getting up uh, early tomorrow anyway. I'm working at 5, so... Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> all right? Sounds good. All right. I'll talk to you later, Pat. Sounds good. Thanks, Adrian. Hey, take it easy. You too.